I haven't seen you since the play. Yahoo! I was so happy. Dude, I have been queer baited before. It will continue. It is a staple (laughs) in the industry. Right. Queer baiting, but never queerness, right? That's the, you know. It's just the bait. Just the bait. It's only bait. No switch. Just bait. Well, no. All switch. Yeah, all switch. (laughs) No, just a bait and switch, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I don't know why we tried to why we tried to fancy that up. Trying to be all fancy, it's just, the lingo's already there for us. It's queer baiting. They queer bait us, and then they go, ah, nope. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wonder if it's the only kind of switch I don't like. <laughs> well, next goal wins says they've completed filming, which will be interesting now that Army Hammer is listed <laughs> as the star. Yeah. I wonder how they're gonna play that one. <laughs> Uh, maybe they'll do a reverse social network and CGI someone's head on Army Hammer's body. <laughs> oh, so they'll just do an Army of the Dead. Oh my god. Uh, explain. The upcoming yeah, Zack Snyder Army of the Dead movie has Crystalia in it. Except now it super doesn't. Now <laughs> it's now it, it got got uh, sent into the back room because of uh, fucking grooming underage women. Gross! And, awful uh, shit and yeah. so Zack snyder said he won't be in the movie at all we're gonna use the mo- movie magic to make him somebody else so that sounds cool <laughs> just like we got rid of henry cavill's mustache we're gonna get rid of an entire person so to be is, fair that, that wasn't happens. zacky that wasn't that zacky was, i know i know i know, I know. Yeah, yeah good good pull good pull <laughs> the fear of somebody using technology good is that it will make people who aren't as good at using it think that they can also use Indeed. it good and so, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But you who look knows? at the Army of the Dead poster, and Kirsten Lee is still on it. Not poster, sorry. Well, they probably photo. haven't. They haven't re-photoshopped it or whatever. Um, well, it's also and... like set photos, not the poster. Right, so you <laughs> so can't. Like, right. It was just a photo of a that's, guy. That's something. <laughs> the, the joke used to be that you put in Christopher Plummer for all of these uh, problematic men, but now, unfortunately, R.I.P. King... Uh, Christopher Plummer cannot cannot replicate his all the money in the world. <laughs> I'm Kevin Spacey now. Sub in effect. Wait, when did Christopher Plummer die? Very recently, my friend. What the fuck? I'm so sorry <laughs> to be the no! guy. To God do damn this it! <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> what an unfortunate way to learn something. <laughs> I'm so from me. <laughs> you should never no, learn I, anything not from, from me. You. I just I know, recording. I know. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, on mic. This is live. This is good I was podcast. Like, hey, Christopher Plummer of Knives Out and of Beginning and of The Sound of Music. What? What? Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, February dog. 5th. It was super recent. Very recent, my friend. <laughs> Very recent. <laughs> the news gets to the Midwest late. Uh, <laughs> the Pony Express has <laughs> oh, not arrived fuck, with, that, with that now. news. Go to hell. I'm sorry. I love you. Don't you know? You don't have yeah. data caps. Christopher Plummer is still alive in Kansas. They don't. Nobody tell them. Nobody Jesus tell Christ them. is still alive in Kansas, Kevin. I don't think <laughs> what you say. Donald Trump is still president they, in Kansas. They still use MySpace. 
beautiful. Uh, now, not to not to delay talking about uh, community any further, but as I've already, I've I've spent the afternoon uh, helping Jace get into the X Men by by goading them with incredible X Men fashions <laughs> as a sort of oh like a God. like a yeah. steak <gasps> on a fishing hook, just like. <laughs> I saw, really I, Kev, I saw you post pictures in the chat, and I just waited. I wanted to say something, but I just waited. So I was like, Jace is going to see this? And when they do, they're going to lose their fucking mind. And sure enough, Jace's first words are like, what the fuck? <laughs> so excited about it. I love it. My so my pretty, long play. <laughs> my I was, I was year of trying to get Jace into the X-Men. Doing my job, the thing that pays me too. my bill. Yeah, same. And you had the audacity to say, hey, check out, this, check out this fashion sketch of Storm. Not not, 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 a, not a comic drawing of Storm. A fashion sketch. Hey, here's the Ooh. reason why the X-Men are the greatest uh, comic book franchise of them all, is that uh, the next X-Men crossover event coming to us this summer is a fucking gala. <laughs> is a fucking ball. They're having a ball. Dog. They're having a ball. Um, that's why the X-Men will never be beat by anyone, because instead of it being like, the universes are colliding, it's like, I mean, the other thing is they're going to have a big party. <laughs> Thing is with X Men though you can you can never run out of material and that's what's because there's so an exciting. infinity characters you're just so like, if so many and they're like and they're all in the same family it doesn't feel like forced like oh we got to come up with all these different backstories and this and that and yeah. they can literally just be like there's a mutant gene and that's it they don't need to come up with all this you know and I mean you've also it's got, much like, harder to add someone to the Fantastic Four right it's much harder oh, yeah. to. Add someone in there you know, even like a new <laughs> avenger right that's like that's a big deal that's a big deal that's to a big be deal. In a, you get added to an event it's like Whoa, okay you know Aye. i mean thinking, like even in inhumans it's like oh yes you know there's like you've got powers but like you gotta you gotta oh, go you through gotta this whole thing where you get gassed yeah. and then exposed and you're in a and chrysalis like for a while <laughs> yeah um and and that doesn't pan out. But the X Men, it's like, oh, we found a new guy, and then it's like, oh, cool, welcome to the guy. A new mutant was born. <laughs> how are you? Welcome to the guys. How are how are you visually distinct from everyone else? The, just an incredible oh, like array. No <laughs> All the fucking silhouettes are so beautiful when you see them like lined up together. And you're I, like, oh. I want to know what Beak is wearing to this gala. I need oh. to know. It's been a minute since we've seen Beak, but I'm sure Beak is invited. I'm sure Beak. I mean, I would love to even just get like a Beak cameo, like in, like, you know, one of the artists is just painstakingly drawing a bunch of recognizable characters in the background of one panel, and mm -hmm. they're gonna do some two-page spread. They have to do a two-page spread of just a million fucking. Of just a million fashions. Oh god. They need to. That would be uh -huh. amazing. It probably I mean, those two pages alone would probably take the entire month. <laughs> of, yeah, that's what it's. <laughs> <Right. laughs> but like. They're going to be like, hi, this issue took an extra uh, half a month just because of this one spread right here in the middle. 
But like, that, I mean, you got just sneak a little, sneak a little peek in there. Sneak a peek. Come on. Oh, come on. Uh, right. I, I, oh, I love the X-Men. Uh, but, but daddy host, I was listening to a podcast of yours, uh, the other day and, uh, and you were talking to a guest about Blaseball and then the two of you started talking about wrestling, which I don't know if it's come up on this particular podcast, but I know a little bit about the sport of wrestling. <laughs> um, I was about uh, like 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 performance wrestling or like yeah, wrestling like wrestling. like, like wwe wrestling not like not not well, greco roman not, like, <laughs> not reputable wrestling yeah no Sorry, no no that's no, no. kind of a negative connotation but no we are yeah, talking like, you're no. talking about like glow wrestling the good wrestling yeah i'm talking about wrestling w- with an a wrestling heroes right Exactly. The pageantry, the fucking showmanship, the storytelling, the athleticism. Wrestling's fucking got it all. Uh, but you you and your guest were talking about uh, wrestling terminology and specifically right. referred to kayfabe. And we're, we're wondering about the, the origins of that term. So for anyone out there that isn't deep on wrestling, uh, kayfabe refers to essentially the story reality that you are in. So every wrestler that you see is playing some version of a character. And sometimes it's very close to who they are, or sometimes it's a complete, you know, sometimes you're playing the undertaker, which is like an undead (laughs) old West, you know, funeral parlor director. And he's Um, so fucking cool. He's so fucking cool. He's so fucking cool. Uh, And yeah. And, and, and anyway, you playing these like outsized larger than life characters. Kayfabe refers to essentially, maintaining that character and it used to be very strict so it's like okay if you are a wwe wrestler if you are in public you are in character if you are going if you're rick flair and you want to have like a nice dinner with your family that's okay but if someone comes up to you and is like hi rick flair you have to give them rick fucking flair you can't just be you know mark you have to give them rick um, and, and that is the, the reality. And you were talking about the, where does the term come from? And of course it's like, it's hard to gauge exactly where, because nobody fucking wrote it down. Um, but, but yeah, all... also I Googled it and it's Google's like, don't know, bro. Fucking... Don't know. But <laughs> we, we do know it comes from carny. Oh, it really does work slower in the Midwest. <laughs> oh. Um, no, I mean, like the, Sorry, the, I couldn't help myself. the no, true, no, it's a good, good callback. Good. Um, yeah. but the, the true I, origin I, is that all wrestling terminology comes from carny speak. It's all the mm-hmm. same use of terminology. Mark, shoot, spot, heel, face, like all these terms come from the wrestling, like this version, wrestling's origins as part of like. <laughs> circus performance and the carnival going town to town so like a mark which is uh referred to as like your target um is uh uh, which is taken on a different meaning in wrestling terms but a mark in carnival talk is like oh this guy i can get to blow a hundred dollars on my little booth with the rings that you throw you know i this is the guy that's your mark um and uh shit heel and baby face are pretty good you're you're bad guy you're good guy 
um, and and all these other uh, terms. And anyway, I uh, if there's two things I like sharing, it's X Men and wrestling. Uh, so so I I took this excuse <laughs> for a little wrestling education. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I had no idea those came from Carney uh, glossary, but like that's incredible. Yeah, because wrestling has the same. You know, you know how like you listen to like comics talk. And comics yeah. will be like, yeah, I'm on the road, but, like, I always feel cheesy, like, going to the table and selling my t-shirts or, like, you know, selling shit with, like, a catchphrase on it. Wrestling is the exact opposite mentality. At all okay. times, be selling a t-shirt. When you are in the ring, you are trying to get people to buy your t-shirt. Always you... be selling. Always be closing. Always <laughs> be selling. A well, it's so funny. It's... It's, uh, I mean, it is in a form. It is very much like drag, right? It's you've got a hundred percent, got a costume, you've got a storyline you play with that may or may entrance not entrance music, if you're out in, public, <laughs> in costume specifically, and what a- entrance music, like you, yeah, like the the pageantry <laughs> of it yeah. is so important. I mean, it's all very pageantry, but still, like even that within, and not all drag is like this, but within its commercially mainstream perspective specifically if we're referring to what rupaul has done for drag like the commercialization of drag i'm not talking about like the like the drag community that like i'm a part of and like Mm -hmm. you know where it's it's a little bit more like a little bit more like freaky (laughs) grungy just like performance (laughs) art nonsense fuckery but like there's an aspect of it where it's like no you it's your brand your character is a brand and you have to sell you're, it's 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 the reason why John Cena is a meme. It's the reason why Dwayne The Rock Johnson isn't Dwayne Johnson, even though he hasn't been The Rock in how many decades? Exactly. You know what I mean? And and you're naming two of the best fucking guys to ever do the damn thing. Like they, right. as far as like reaching because, across culture, people that don't watch wrestling fucking know who John Cena is and know yeah. his whole deal John because he's been Cena. so good at at getting that over to use more wrestling terminology they he got his whole thing over hustle loyalty respect the john cena theme music the the fucking jean shorts like it's all part of it and everyone knows it uh because he got that shit over it's so well you know what you want (laughs) to tell me why my brain was like oh my god guy fieri is no it's the same shit it's It's a hundred percent it's it's the same shit you nail a brand and you yeah. say you're gonna associate this with me. That's why and... Guy Fieri. I have no. I have nothing but respect for Guy Fieri in many ways. Like oh he he's seems to be an all around good guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's in on the joke. Like he's in on the whole thing. He's aware of it. But like everybody fucking knows who Guy Fieri is. You can identify him from a hundred yards. He's immensely popular. It's the same tactic that got Macho Man Randy Savage or Hulk Hogan over. You know, it's exactly mm-hmm. the same shit it's uh, movie stars uh, not as much nowadays but it used to be like you were an easily identifiable quantity and persona and you had a look and you did this kind of movie and it's it's all the same bag of tricks 
it's it's all the same like we are going to like i mean it's very you. vaudeville you know it feels like this mm-hmm. is my stick and i'm taking it on the road you it's know? commedia del arte it's a fucking Ooh, like... get into the italian <laughs> yeah get into it it's all I this yeah me. like columbina you know from fucking commedia del arte it's like great that's carmella from the wwe you know like it's right. it's, it's it's the same like <laughs> archetype role that everyone's fucking pulling from and yeah. it's fucking effective we humans just have this thing where we like to pigeonhole we like labels we like ideas we like to know what something is um and, and when... that's reinforced additionally as well we've 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 created structures that reinforce a positive association with those behaviors 100 uh sometimes sometimes to a fault i must say <laughs> indeed indeed um but like yeah absolutely you know that's that's a whole part of it i think like even, you know, going to school, like for me, I went to school for musical theater and I know the education system is shifting, hopefully, um, you know, we could always go faster. But like part of that, you know, even with just like in like acting aspects of like film and, and theater schools and stuff like that, a lot, you'll very frequently hear people refer to it as like, you're, you're a brand, you have to sell your brand, you know, it's about producing uh, pieces that fit with what you associate with yourself and you know, this and that. And I, like, honestly, in the pervasive sense of how that like carries over, I'm thinking of like post Endgame. Mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. did Dr. Doolittle. Was that what it was? He did Doolittle. Now that had been like kind of in the works and refilmed a few times. So that was kind of supposed to come out before all of that, but instead comes out like in the immediate wake right. of that. Yeah. And what it but ended yes. up doing is we've, I mean, we all so deep, like you, it is at the point now you cannot say Robert Downey Jr. without people thinking Iron Man. You cannot. And you can't, the same goes vice versa. You can't think Iron Man without thinking Robert Downey Jr. Even more so, so in that direction, you know, like I, to most people, that is who that character is. Like, it doesn't matter the like decades of comic book history or whatever, that is who that character is. And I think yeah. uh, the the other actor that's accomplished the same thing is Chris Evans. Chris Evans is like, no, that's that's Captain America. That's who that... And he's honestly well, like, they're both the best version of those characters that have ever existed. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Right, right. No, you're you're right. But that's also part of the, the brilliance of what Marvel's cinematic universe has done is they've just really nailed... I mean, like, as complicated as it gets, like Chris Pratt as Star-Lord, iconic. Like, that is... There's an association there, totally. you know what I mean? Totally. Um, but I'm thinking of just when Dave Batista, wrestler Dave Batista as Drax oh my the God, Destroyer. Wrestlers, yes, <laughs> exactly. Dave Batista comes in and crushes it. Oh, I think Chris Hemsworth is up there for me for like this is just who this character is now. And I think that was even more sold to me when there was a story he was telling where someone was like, You've got to stop playing Thor. And he, <laughs> and he was like, Why? And they were like, because you're just going to be known as Thor. And he was like, why the fuck wouldn't I want that? <laughs> like, sure. yes, that's awesome. I want to do that. So The only uh, like, difference with Chris for me is that Chris Hemsworth. Sorry. Hemsworth as yeah, Thor. Jack Hemsworth. Hemsworth. <laughs> sorry. I understand that that didn't make sense. I was referring to my good friend, Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is constantly interested in reinventing that character. Whereas yeah. I think Iron Man and Cap stayed more 
not stagnant, but like more consistent. Whereas Hemsworth is like constantly trying to reinvent that character. So it's a little more wishy-washy because I also think he's been three different versions of that same guy. Well, I mean, they've Um, also been, they've also been, I mean, not that the first two Thor movies are bad per se, because they're not bad. They're interesting. Um, They're interesting. They're they're all right. They are on on the scale of Marvel movies. They're toward the bottom, but even still they're on the Marvel movie scale, right? Shame on you. Wow. The first Thor is great and is in my top 10. The first Thor is great. The first Thor is in my top 10. It's in my top 10. It's directed by Christmas. That's only top 50% though, so. It's direct. You said the (laughs) bottom of the bin. Yeah, dude. It's directed by Kenneth Branagh. It feels Shakespearean as fuck. Anthony Hopkins' performance as Odin when he like barks at fucking Loki was unscripted. Which is no, why it's, I'm it's, like, it's, it's, it's excellent. The first one's excellent. The second one, poop all over as much as you want. It's <laughs> I love that the Russos in Endgame made Thor Dark World important again so people would have to go back and watch it because everyone forgot about that movie. But the first one's great. I love they the first did, they actually, Like, I'm not even going to lie to you. I went back. I never saw the second one. Uh, and then Endgame. But Endgame's like, but it's important. And I was like, it's, hey, check it out. It's better than its reputation. I think it's I. It's I think it's I don't hate it. You know, I, don't I mean, hate it. I can't remember if it's the first one or the second one where it's just Dutch angles the entire fucking movie. First one. It's the first one. It's. I remember watching it being like, oh my god. You know, and not in a like a do the right thing kind of like Dutch angles everywhere where where it's it's, like like, incredible, where it's like a masterpiece of filmmaking. Yeah. like, Well, this is such a distinct like aesthetic and style and Mm -hmm. it feels very 90s in your face, jagged, angled, like all this. It was just like Dutch. It was was like, what's going on? Um, it's like, sure. We feel unbalanced. I was like, I got that. Do we need to lean into regardless? <laughs> I've been trying to get into the fact. Basically, what I've been trying to say is I didn't know about the Doolittle drama. We're going back to this. And so when I saw the first ad for Doolittle in theaters yes. after after I had seen Endgame, uh, <laughs> they had a really, un- <laughs> really unfortunate marketing decision in – and maybe it was on purpose – uh, in but in the trailers and the thing is, they it's it they go through the whole thing and they went Robert Downey Jr. and then of course they cut to some sort of scene and then it cuts back to is and then it cuts to some scene and it's you know it's one of those things where it's, you know there's going to be a punchline right and not I cannot see that and not go Iron Man you know <laughs> I am Iron Man like it's 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 how he ended the first movie. The third movie and the entire Infinity Saga. Like, it is his catchphrase, basically. I am Iron Man, right? It's Or not even a catchphrase as much as just, like, a thing that we associate. So I'm saying, he is Doolittle. I was like, wait. <laughs> it just totally threw me. You know what I'm talking about? But that also... No, I do know what idea. you mean. Like, we associate so deeply these, these actors with these roles and the things that they do that it takes an act... Like, it takes a conscientious act, decision to... Release something to say, hey, let me get out of this rut. It's, it's, um. Right, like the Star Daniel, Trek actors. It's Daniel Radcliffe leaving mm-hmm. Harry Potter and being like, now I'm going to do the weirdest shit you've ever seen. So sure. that you him stop and him and the Twilight guys, right? Pattinson and and Stewart did the same thing. That they're like, we're going to basically save independent art cinema. <laughs> we're gonna right. the three we're of like, us let's, work let's together to save <laughs> to save Daniel indie Radcliffe cinema. Was like, I'm gonna do a production of Equus live on stage, and then I'm gonna film Swiss Army Man, and nobody can fucking touch me. And you're just like, great, I love this for you. I love Absolutely. this for you, King. 
yeah, I love it. Actually, okay, can I make a bold... Can I apply the wrestling terminology that I was referring earlier to community? Because now I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about it. And community does a lot of the same good shit that professional wrestlers do. May I? So the... The so I am I am sitting here and I'm drinking an Arnold Palmer with gin out of a Troy and Abed in the morning mug. And <laughs> I'm I'm sitting here and thinking about like everyone who's ever watched community can go like Troy and Abed in the morning and they can apply it to an infinite like number of situations, like Troy and Abed shooting lava, Troy and Abed, you know, all these other all these other iterations. And that is exactly the same fucking tactic that wrestlers use to get their catchphrases over. Like how The Miz has taken the word awesome and this one delivery of the word awesome. And it's like, I didn't know you could own a word, but he's done it (laughs) now. Uh, The same way that like Hulk Hogan, like people that have never watched wrestling know that Hulk Hogan goes, brother, because he took this idea and fucking punched it and hit it and made it stick with you. And so, like, the community with, like, the Dean and Chang leap to mind, not just because they're, like, big, colorful characters, but they have, like, definable catchphrases and stereotypes uh-huh. and, and pattern. Like, these patterns are the same fucking reason that people still know who Macho Man Randy Savage is <laughs> when he's been dead for decades. <laughs> and most people maybe know him from Spider-Man 1, you know? Right. I just immediately thought of friends, just Chandler. Could you be more, you know, any anything with that emphasis on the... Chandler got that shit over so hard that for 10 years, sitcoms wanted to sound like fucking Chandler. And yeah. in these episodes we're about to talk about, Jeff Winger is doing a fucking Chandler impression so hard. <laughs> it's shit. so distracting to me, even though... Can I say... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, can I say uh, what I'm sure is an unpopular opinion about these two episodes we're about to talk about? Oh, I would love for you to do that. I actively really like these two episodes. Oh, good. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. Oh, great. Comes okay, good. Like, comes like about to say some, some weird shit. Well, for some reason, I just, I just mm-hmm. like these ones. They, they make me happy, especially the first one we're going to talk about. Yeah, one about. of them I like a lot. The other one... I have some significant issues with, but is not like the worst this season has to offer. I will say. I think, I think the first one uh, is actually my new favorite of this season. Oh my uh, gosh! Wait, you also? I'm getting ahead of myself, but I just remembered that you said you told us at one point that you have some fascinating math to share with us about oh. rankings. Yeah, well, not about rankings, but fascinating math about community uh, that will actually work very well with this first episode. But first. This is, of course, Advanced Community Studies uh, podcast where we uh, watch and talk about the American television comedy show Community one or two episodes at a time. We are also the premier podcast of the Yahoo Screen Podcasting Network. Yahoo! And with that, you are helping me get this over. We're doing wrestling shit all the time, and we just don't even know it. Uh, There we go. (laughs) I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and I ate a hamburger, and now I'm not cold all the time. (laughs) <laughs> i love that one so much hey everybody how you doing what's up i guess i'm i guess i'm vance now just saying three different intros for myself um is it vance is that his name vince? it's vaughn what was it 
Hey, oh, hi, how I'm, are you? I was like, hey, hey, what, hey, hey, everybody, what's up? How you doing? Um, yeah, I'm Jace. I use they them pronouns. And uh, hold on, one second. Sorry, routine light switch check. <laughs> uh, I'm the third host, the daddy host, the hostess with the mostest kids. And uh, <laughs> I've got radio buttons now. I'm the best. I've got radio buttons. Uh, and uh, I'm in Greendale, stuck in the body of a man who could be Gollum's shadow. So yeah, I'd say it's half past suck. <laughs> It could be Gollum's shadow. <laughs> oh, fuck me, dude. Uh, excellent. Uh, and, and Annie, I, I just have to get that out of the way so I can we'll get to it later. But ah, oh. there's so much to talk about. Um, uh, but to 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 do a little uh, social media uh, touch on just real quick, uh, the result of a poll I staged after last week's episode is uh, Community's Puppet episode a hidden gem or an actual crime. Forty six percent of you say hidden gem, which means fifty four percent of you think it is a criminal crime. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, thank you uh, for uh, that's a uh, democracy at work, um, and I also like those results. I like those results. <laughs> um, pleases me. <laughs> good, uh, and uh, and uh, also uh, for everyone that was on Twitter yesterday, uh, where I was on my short term twelve kick on our podcast account, where I was just trying to get everyone to watch uh, short term twelve, and I did offer to Venmo people four dollars to rent uh, short term twelve, and <laughs> did send several people four dollars to watch. Oh my god, I love 12. that. Uh, I, I, I'm glad everybody had a good time. I just love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies of the last decade, and I hope, uh, if you took my $4 that you did rent Short Term 12 and that you enjoyed it. <laughs> not some other movie. <laughs> yeah, not some other I have only movie. been given money by somebody to write, sorry, to watch a movie once. And it was my friend who gave me $6 to rent Tenet so I could finally watch it, so he could finally talk to me about it. And I checked it out. I may have shared this story, so if I have, cut me off. I don't exactly. think so. Uh, so we rented it from Xbox, and uh, that night, my daughter just did not want to go to bed. So by the time we got to sit down, it was like 9.30, and the movie's two and a half hours long. No. My wife looked at me and was like, please, no. I was like, we'll just find another night. It's fine. We've got it for two weeks. Fast forward 14 days, we finally get a chance to sit down and watch it. I'm like, it's only been a week, right? Because time is just a muddled puddle of slop uh -huh. right now. Uh, and I look at it, we go to it and I have to rent it again because <laughs> we checked out at eight o'clock and we finally sat down to watch it on a Saturday night with no kids because they're at the in-laws at uh -huh. eight 30. So it had Damn. literally just expired. <laughs> That's half past so, suck. So half exactly, past exactly. Suck, literally again, um, we watched was it, it any I, good? I liked it a lot. But yeah. it's also a movie that's all I think. Ooh, I just threw my mouse. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Um, <laughs> it's also a movie that I personally think is better when you can pause it <laughs> and rewind it and watch a thing again. Because, like, in a movie theater, that movie had to just be frustratingly confusing. <laughs> it's about fucking time travel, right? Like... There's a really mm -hmm. great time travel movie called Primer. That movie's good because when things happen, I could pause it and go, hold on, let me think about this. 
Shane Carruth, what are you doing, man? <laughs> what are you on? What's um, going on, so Shane? This this movie is very much that. Like, there's one specific moment I won't spoil it. Where where if you know this movie, if you've seen this movie, there's one moment where everything starts to go. Oh shit! This is what's been happening, and being able to pause that because my wife absolutely didn't catch it and rewind it and then like talk about what happened earlier. So that when she saw it the next time, she could go, oh, shit. It was really ah. cool. Uh, hmm. But, yeah, that movie in a movie theater would have been a headache. Well, it goes backwards. I, I. <laughs> uh, I it's sick. It's also, like, just the, uh, this is completely a complete sidetrack from what we were talking about. But <laughs> I'll make it short, because it's What's as it? short as you can make a reference to Christopher Nolan, anything. Just a short uh, temporal pincer movement. Just, just like a real short quick. temporal pincer movement. I'm reminded of uh, a quote from Clue. To make a long story short, and then everyone just screams at him too late. <laughs> too late. Oh, uh, Clue. It's a, it's, a, it's a very good, Tenet is, it, okay. Here, I actually know how to make this short and sweet. Um, maybe gross, but still short and sweet. If <laughs> if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is just Quentin Tarantino masturbating to the fact that he makes movies and he likes them, then Tenet sure. is kind of that for Christopher Nolan, Hi. except I think he wanted other people to do the touching for him. <laughs> Does that make sense? Sure. Like well, not even Christopher... Aware. Christopher Nolan is a sexless being, right? He is <laughs> he does not sorry, enjoy sex. He does Batman? not put it he does not put it in his films. His he wrote Batman, Jace. Don't worry. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's not the reason Batman's got sexual tension in it. It's his brother. Yeah, his brother exactly. Brother? And like, okay, barely. It's like an alien's idea of sexual tension. It's so yeah. wild. <laughs> I was I was being so incredibly <laughs> ironic in saying, "Have you seen Batman?" Uh, it's sure. so wild, dude. <laughs> But Tenet feels like it was the movie that Christopher Nolan made positive, positive that everybody would want to kiss him below the belt afterwards. Mm, I get you. I don't, I don't know if it worked that well in his favor. I, the, no, the it ab- first... no, it absolutely didn't. I think you're right. It didn't <laughs> at all. Because I remember it came, when that movie came out, right, there were a few people that were like, yeah, Tenet! And I was like, okay, cool. Naturally, there's going to be the Nolan fanboys. They're going to be freaking out regardless of how good the movie is. Sure. Because uh, that's just what Nolan fans do. Um, and then almost everything else I heard was people being like, okay, literally cannot hear or understand. That's a, a subtitles movie. That's a subtitles movie, you know? It's a subtitles movie. And, you know, and his response is, well, I made it so that, you know, you're not supposed to hear what everybody's saying all the time. And it's like, sometimes that is clear that that's the intentional choice that you were doing. Other times, it's not clear. And sometimes, when it is clear, you're still like, okay, but I'm actually missing really important information because it's so muffled and behind uh-huh. and all this, I, this stuff. Is, this might be the one critique about this movie I completely disagree on. Really? Um, yeah, when those scenes happened, because I'd heard people say, sometimes it's hard to hear what people are saying. And so I was like, I went into it looking for it. Like, wait, is it this scene? Is it this scene? When it did happen, I realized all the information that that person's giving you in that moment is entirely un- unimportant. Entirely unimportant. But he makes it seem like it's important and that, like, I don't know. For some reason, it worked. For some reason, it worked. The idea that, like, this guy's getting important information for right now, but it's information you've literally already heard. 
or it's information you're going to hear later with the clarity of whatever thread of time you're actually following. But right now, this isn't important. What's important is... The one the- clip I saw in reference to it was people wearing, like, face masks and they're on, like, a boat. Sounds like a Nolan movie. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't seen well, Tenet, but if you were to ask me what I think is going to be in Tenet, that would probably, that would probably be it. Yeah. It's all Tom uh, Hardy being... Do you really feel it, charge? Man. Tom goes so hard in that movie. Because he knows... He can't use his face, so he does a lot of like body acting and like voice acting. I think Tom's a lot, good of, movie. a lot of eyebrow acting. I think Bane's great, but it's what everybody likes to bitch about. And I, maybe, maybe I'm just the Joker this episode, Kevin. Maybe I'm taking it from you. I'm that guy this time. I <laughs> what? Have, I, I had mixed feelings about Bane, honestly, partially because I'm like, why is Bane a white dude? No, yeah, that's, why, the best, that's a good point. Why only, this, this that's does a good not point. Make sense. My biggest that's and only beef is like, why is he not in a luchador mask? Why is he not? Why is he not a luchador? Mm. Why the f- like? Please, please. Dave Batista, Dave Beyond Batista, good Dave criticism, Batista. right? Like Dave that's Batista. that's pretty damning. Yeah, absolutely. This okay, was before so Dave Batista. I'm saying this now. If they do make a sequel with Batinson, I don't even know if the the new Batman's gonna be any good. I'm. I'm hoping for it. I I will see. It's gonna be great. It's it's Reeves, you know. Reeves makes good movies. Like what we've seen so far with uncut, just brutal, just like bang, 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 without like a million and ten cuts per second, and you don't know what's going on. Um, it's gonna be great. Focused on him being a detective, and that's all I want. Yes. Uh, Also, he absolutely kills that dude who questions who he is, um, which Mm. is great. And also, he answers, "I am vengeance," which is some Kev. Uh, yeah, some Kevin Conroy shit. Mm-hmm. And Colin Farrell is unrecognizable as Penguin. And that's going to be fucking great. It's going to be so sick. But all I'm saying is if they end up doing a sequel of Paul Dano, Pokemon. the most punchable man, is Riddler. It's going to be The world's great. most punchable man. As <laughs> like the world's most punchable character. And they want Bane in it. Like, please put Dave Bautista in there. Because holy shit. That would be perfect. Oh, big Dave. Big Dave. I'd also be fine with Edgar. Him. I'd also be fine with Edgar Ramirez. He's great. Sure. I think that is. Um, he was in the Remender movie, Remender comic made movie, Last Days of American Crime. Um, he's also in the Born Ultimatum. Uh, he's well, fucking. Uh, he's in Gold. That uh, Matt McConaughey movie about Gold. I'm I don't so know. bad at this. <laughs> I don't know what you've seen. It's like a puzzle like and I'm nothing. mad at it. I didn't grow up watching a lot of movies. I've always loved movies. These movies never... came up like last year. <laughs> Doesn't matter, my dude. It just You never goes... stop growing up. You never you're never done growing up. Watching movies is just like something that like like I just you know, it wasn't something where it was like, what are the movies that are coming out and like let's go see this and like I still don't know my directors that well and I really I'm really actually kinda sad about it. Because I'm at this point in my life where now I'm seeing a bunch of movies that have been recommended to me that I never would have really watched just because I'm like, I, what is that title doesn't mean anything to me. And then watching them and then being like, I didn't know you could do this in a movie. Y'all, I watched <laughs> nine to five the other day. Hell have you yeah. Seen Hell yeah! With Dolly Parton, Jane Fonda, and um, and Lily Tomlin. Oh my God! It is first of all, it's amazing. Go it's watch incredible. it right now if you haven't seen it. Right now, um, bye guys. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> but like, literally, no, literally, like I don't want to spoil too much, but there's a moment they like, they, <laughs> there's a moment where they smoke weed, and then they have like fantasies about how they would like get back at their boss, and just 
the the way that they break from reality in that movie caught me so far off guard. <laughs> and Welcome I was like, it. cinema. I know, literally, it was one of those moments that made me go, "Fuck, this is what movies can do." Yes, and I was like, that is. And, and then it anytime and there's and I've been watching so many, not so many because I'm still bad at watching movies, but like the number of films that I've seen within recent history where I've had moments where I'd be like, oh my God, that like that feeling yeah. is far too many because I, I'm like, I feel like I've missed out on so you're, much of this. Cause you're stepping now. out and I'm not like, you know, I, I like popcorn cinema as much as the, the, the next guy, you know, but once you start getting out into this world and then you're like, oh, holy shit. Like, look at what is possible out here. And that's, that's honestly kind of why, like after a lot of these, like, marvel projects i'm like that's okay i've just like seen somebody else stick this landing you know i've seen somebody else like take this idea and run it to like the fucking hundred yard line and that's not knocking anyone or or any particular thing it's just you're like oh holy shit like look at look at what can happen out here in this in this world um it's it's wonderful and i i I hope you get to keep experiencing it like i would just watch like i would like read plays and go see plays and you know a lot of musicals honestly but like plays can do that same shit you know plays Plays can like plays do it a much more direct like in your it's a different kind of like there's almost an expectation in certain like if you're going to see realism you're going to see realism right um but with plays i mean there's just like it's it's like i i remember like like, thinking i I knew what i remember thinking i knew what plays were and then i saw like noises off and then Uh it just like my brain changed i was like like, look at what is possible (laughs) in the media (laughs) look at what can fuck and noises off is like a fucking farce it's like a british slamming doors farce farce. oh just like die laughing funny it's so good. If anyone has a chance, like, if Noises Off is, like, playing at a theater near they you. They did also, they did make a film adaptation of Noises Off. I don't want to see that same movie. Way because it, it of the can't whole hit the, the same way. Thing. You can't oh, flip the man. set. You can't have, like, it's, when you're watching a play and an actor, like, drops something from a top floor and somebody else, like, grabs it while, like, looking behind the, you know, like, and and it just, like, you're watching a perfectly timed and executed farce on stage. Oh, it goodness. cannot be replicated on screen it because is, you're, it's you happening in the room real with time. you. <laughs> it, is, it is elements of circus, that suspense of, like, holy shit, like, are they about to, like, acrobatics and, like, yes. It's it's insane because there's because there's no we'll fix it in post. There's no uh, we've got uh-huh. multiple takes. It's it's a one shot. Go top to bottom. Don't fuck up or the show doesn't make sense. Um, right. It's insane. It is insane. It was like that. I'm even thinking of like fun moments of like um like the, uh like rent right, which even does like fun stuff in the original staging of it, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. see in the movie where they're, where they're like, hey, throw the key, at the beginning, throw the key down and he throws it and there's a couple different shots and he misses the key and he goes to grab it and does this, whatever. But they literally, um, I, I've seen different ways where they do it where they literally have a set piece where they come up and they drop it down and someone catches it from an elevated plane. Very cool to watch that height dynamic in real in real time. I've also seen moments where someone holds it over the pit and they drop the keys down into the pit and then they fall into the hands on the other side of the stage like 
because just like like the way that they play with space is a totally different thing because you're not restricted by lens you're restricted by imagination it's it's fucking right. crazy and you can also do like and obviously you can do the lens in so many Brain. like interesting fucking fascinating ways you know um mm-hmm. it's just about and and you know hey a good executed cgi effect is good you know like it but there there is something too like you're watching an old buster keaton movie and he's standing on the ground and the wall of a house falls down around him and he's perfectly in the window and you're like i know they couldn't fake that (laughs) they dropped a fucking house on this fool (laughs) there's there's like uh this little bit of 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 like film history that I learned recently where it used to be before they would put uh, little small explosives in the wall to simulate like, a gunshot to simulate a gunshot they would hire a sharpshooter yes uh-huh. and they would yes. literally fire live oh rounds right yep. the same thing what is this from I think it was on TikTok honestly maybe because they show that video of that guy holding a Thompson shooting a wall at somebody, right? Or shooting yeah. at a wall someone's and, behind. And they shot it, and it got really close, and the guy was like, I'm never doing this again. Fuck this. Yeah. Right? And that was like the beginning Absolutely. of like the unionization or something like that. Or like something major in like the change in film history. And I'm like, that's crazy. They shot real mm-hmm. fucking guns. They the almost f- killed the motherfucker. All of those people. Who thought that was right. a good idea? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't want anybody to misconstrue what we're saying. That was bad. If you watch um uh the 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 the, the series on Disney Plus, the Marvel Six the Gillian no directed one of the episodes. Oh, oh Marvel Six One Six. I didn't watch Earth Six One Six. The, or whatever it was Marvel six one six yeah Marvel there's, I haven't finished it there's a couple episodes there's one where they talk about the Japanese Spider Man series yeah that's the first episode it's pretty cool. and they literally talk about how they got this stuntman who just like free climbed like they had little tricks but like so much of what he's doing is stuff that would never fly today no absolutely not so dangerous absolutely. and they were just like yeah just do it and he was like okay I guess I'm gonna climb up this massive building. Hitchcock did shit like that too. No, oh, like 100%. Like I also scene, am realizing I haven't bird, seen Where she's in the attic and the birds fly in the window and she can't get the door open. She was she was supposed to act like she couldn't get the door open. And before the scene started, Hitchcock actually locked the fucking door on the other side. Fought it. So when she cock. starts panicking because she can't get it open and these birds are coming in, it's because the door is fucking locked and it shouldn't be. Yeah, I hate and when they, fucking and they had somebody flip the lock. Shit. Like, good job, jackass. You're an asshole. It's yeah, like it's, so it, it's Tarantino in um Kill Bill with Uma Thurman. Ugh, sure. Or was it Pulp Fiction with Uma Thurman? The one. It was. There's one of them where he like put her in a car that flipped, or something like that. I think that was Kill oh. Bill. It was Kill Bill, and she was furious. It fucked up her. It fucked up her knees and like her ankles. Like it. Like she got actually fucked up in a wreck and was like scared of him. It's not yeah. good. No, it's and not then you good. Have fun, and then you have fun versions of it. Or like in Die Hard. Alan, uh, mm, oh, God. Die Hard. Alan Rickman? Rickman. I want to say Alan Riddick for some reason. <laughs> uh, Rickman at the end when he's hanging and he falls. They said they'd drop him on three and they dropped him on two. So the scared on his face is real. Yeah. Like, that's harmless. So that's, that's a harmless awesome. version <laughs> of a <laughs> shitty thing. It's, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, Die Hard. <laughs> like, so good. <laughs> I've never like, seen what, it. What a good film. 
I've never seen it. Anytime they make references to Die Hard, also in this season specifically, they make a bunch of Die Hard references. In these episodes, right? Specifically? Yeah. Well, last, the Christmas last one specifically. And this yeah. week. Um, Wait, what are this? What are this week's two? Oh no, he does. He does talk a lot about Die Hard. This is the body swap. And yeah, uh, yeah, the, they go to the rest yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. The guy's they like, do. I fucking hate Die Hard. That guy's wrong. Abed's right to be <laughs> mad at him. Literally, never seen it. It's good. Just it's like good. treat yourself this Christmas. Just like treat your damn self. <laughs> treat yourself. And then treat your damn like like. So there's there's this okay we will get to community but so much of like this conversation about like classic film or like you know film history too much of it gets bogged down in like oh this was important because blank or oh you know this was the first time blank happened it's like these classic movies became classic movies because they were fucking entertaining to watch <laughs> like like right. die hard is not eating your fucking spinach it's eating your fucking cheerios you're just like oh yeah <laughs> give me the fucking die hard um it rules you know um anyway sorry that's another axe i grind uh, continually i love movies i know i come off as a grouch but i love movies wait uh, i really do love movies i love movies i was watching one earlier today and i was like mm, this is the good what shit. were you watching i was watching uh sympathy for lady vengeance it's um a uh, park chan where do you fucking find these kevin like what Probably his Criterion Channel subscription. Yeah, Criterion Channel. But, like, again, there's a misconception about the Criterion Channel that it's, like, it's yeah. it's math homework. But, like, so much of the shit you watch on there, you're like, this is the craziest fucking good movie I've ever seen in my entire Dude, fucking life. No lie. No lie. Go watch the Godzilla, the, the original Godzilla. Hell yeah. 1954. Well, it's HBO Max, it's in the Criterion Collection. Yeah, they put, like, 12 HBO Godzilla movies in the diff- fucking Criterion Collection. You well, know, like, they're... Well, here's the thing, though. The, like, the the American Godzilla from 1954 and the Criterion Collection version are wildly different. Yeah. Mm. Because the American one got propagandized. And, like, right. Godzilla is about the Americans bombing the shit out of Japan. Right. It's how it's... the Japanese made something to, to commiserate. Is it Gojira the... literally just an atomic bomb? No. Maybe? I don't think so. I don't... I thought that was just the lizard's name. Yeah, it's just his name. <laughs> no, that's what I, I thought I, that was just... The lizard name. himself is basically just like a nuclear oh, power yeah. plant. No, oh, the, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. legs was, and scales. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was, yeah, yeah, he was awoken off the coast from nuclear testing or whatever. And like, yeah, destroys... Yeah, yeah. But if you watch the Criterion Collection version, the original version of this movie, it's also deeply fucking sad. Because you realize exactly what they're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Godzilla is incredibly uh, fascinating. You should. Yeah. You should it's like all you of know. Them read about them. They're very good. Yeah, and there's you know some. I'm I'm not telling everyone when I say like, hey, try different movies. I'm not telling you to watch like fucking Hiroshima Mona more. Like that's not what I'm. I'm, I'm like, go watch <laughs> these like dope ass movies you've never heard of. And I just and that's the thing is I don't know where if I've never heard of them, so I don't know where to find them. You know what I mean? I can show you a world. Literally, send me um, so many movie I titles. Will. I like, will, and I gave you all my, my Criterion. My yeah, I'm actually login. searching for your Criterion uh, login right now. I'll I'll resend it. Um, but uh, yeah, you I'll 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 check shit I'll check shit out for you. Um, you anyway, nice guys, Chase. Have I watched what? Nice guys. Nice guys. The Nice Guys is the most fucking entertaining movie of the last the like best, ten years. The, it's the, so the fucking best good. Comedy of 2016 and maybe this decade. 
It's a Shane Black movie, uh, who you would know from Iron Man 3. Um, and uh, it's Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling in my favorite performance from each of those gentlemen. Um, and, uh, Bomer, Matt Bomer. Yeah. Matt Bomer from uh, white collar. Uh, what's her name? Kim Basinger. Uh, there's a, a cameo by Robert Downey Jr. as a dead body. Um, and, um, (laughs) it's just the craziest fucking seventies, like buddy detective movie you've ever seen. Is Robert Downey Jr. Sid Haddock? He's Sid Shattuck. Oh my god, that's amazing! I didn't realize that. Sid Hatrack. Um, Anyway, yeah. Okay. No one's Hatrack. Let's talk about community, shall we? Uh, I'm sorry. I I I love this conversation that we're having. It's joyous. Uh, But we should we should get to to what's happening here. We should do the thing that we're supposed to do. Yeah. One one of us has to go. Like, okay, time to uh, talk about community. (laughs) Uh, Season four, episode eleven: Basic Human Anatomy, directed by Bet. McCarthy Miller, uh, written by Academy Award winner Jim Rash. Uh, in this episode, uh, when <laughs> Troy Wait, Jim Coward- Rash wrote this one? Hell yeah. Uh, That's why his, I so much. His first, <laughs> and I think his only writing credit on the show, he directs some episodes in season six. But he, I think this is his only like full writing credit. <laughs> so wait, you're, I'm just now realizing that means... That he wrote it with at least some intention of saying, I want to do a Jeff impersonation. So I'm I writing a bit. I mean, basically. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, it's super, super cool. Uh, this is a great episode for all of our like major uh, players. But uh, in this episode, when Troy is too nervous to break up with Britta, he and Abed fake a body swap uh, so that they can trade places. Uh, at the same time, uh, the Dean fakes a body swap with Jeff. And there's something about like a valedictorian status, but honestly, it's so brief that it's actually kind of hard to follow. Uh, but uh, this is... I agree, Jace, with you earlier. This is probably the best episode of this season. Um, (laughs) I had not seen this in so long, but it's really funny. It has Mm -hmm. great performances by all the actors who are playing other actors on this show. Mm -hmm. Like Donald, Danny, and Jim are so fucking beautifully dialed in. Uh, you have like a good runner for Allison as well, where you continue this trend of Annie being <laughs> attracted to dangerous, unavailable men, um, <laughs> which is a good runner for her. And, um, it's what struck me watching this was like, oh, the best episodes of this season are the ones that actually have like a good heart to them yes right because so much of the season just feels like milk a toast it just feels like nothing it's not super funny or super heartfelt it's It's just kind of they're like let's try and hit let's try to emulate these characters versus let's play with the characters we have you know what i mean and they actually like take this and run with it much like herstory of dance to a good heartfelt conclusion and i also think it's probably no coincidence that the two best episodes of this season are about britta the dean abed and troy you know like these characters have been strong in a season that hasn't been particularly great but these characters and these performers have been consistently very very good 
I like this episode a lot. I it's one of those things where it's you know when I've watched in the past, I would watch season four and be like, yeah, it's fine. You know, almost like not even really registering that I felt that different. You know, um, and then through this, we've been you know using our critical eye, our critical lens, and um, I found myself racing because that's what I've done for most of these episodes. You know, being like like making my like when looking at it with uh, a critical lens i find myself getting tired of watching it a little bit more just because uh, it's it's i it, there's i i i'm more critical and then i don't enjoy watching it as much so then i get distracted easier this episode i found very quickly disarmed me and i was just in it and i was just watching the show that i like like i remember coming down like literally watching the end of the episode being like Oh, I really liked that. And the bumper making me laugh. I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> oh, community's awesome. here. Oh, goodness. Like, it was just really great stuff. I, I just, I think they, they nailed that kind of pastiche thing that they typically do. You know what I mean? It didn't feel a heavy handed pastiche, it felt referential in a way that was still relevant. They, instead of, they were like, uh, the body swap movie, they listed up like five of them and they make some niche joke about, uh, so I, I don't get the joke that they say when he tosses one out, one of theirs is out the way and everyone's like, why that one? And Troy says something like, judge something something. I don't know what the line is. Troy gives an explanation for why Abed tosses oh, one of the body swap movies out of the way. And there's something about it that's just like, I immediately he knew. He said, was judge like, some... Reinhold. Yeah, who is what does that an, mean? He, Judge Reinhold is an actor. Um, I don't know what y'all would know Judge Reinhold best from. Um, Arrested Development fans would know him uh, as uh, Judge Reinhold from Mock Trial with Judge Reinhold. Uh, he's in, like, Beverly Hills Cop and Gremlins and Fast Times. He's just kind of one of oh, those 80s guys. The, he's the dead to... Ugh. Tim Allen's ex in yeah in, he's the stepdad in the Santa the Claus in the Santa Claus movie that's right I, um, I'm familiar with those movies I cannot visualize him that's but anyway okay. why would that is he just like people don't I like don't him? I don't get the actor, reference either I, I have no idea why that it still is, landed is to me it just to me it was like yeah Abed's got opinions about people in the film industry he doesn't and like Judge just, Reinhold <laughs> like him and who is just like. It. Yeah, and that that tickled me for some reason. I just I just enjoyed it, but it just it the idea of hating like... Judge Reinhold is so funny because he's just kind of this guy. <laughs> like, he's not he's not like, and I I like him. He's always like a charming performer, but he's not really like much of anything. So like hating Judge Reinhold is a very funny idea. Um, <laughs> Enough to where me. he can just without speaking throw the DVD across. The room. Just be like Judge Reinhold. <laughs> I mean, like even like even down to the light switch bit of like routine light check. You know, I mean, like little little bits that feel very true to the tone of what makes the show so exciting. And there is mm-hmm. something really heartbreaking about this episode as well. You know, right? Where you're like, I I I remember my biggest complaint going through it was like, damn, like Britta fully is way more calm in a situation than she really needs she's to remarkably be. cool she, with this whole uh, thing <laughs> this is this, that's my only complaint is like there is no way in hell Britta wouldn't be at least a little bit fucking like pissed be like dude for our anniversary 
for our anniversary, which I did forget about. So, you know, I'm not too connected to it. But for our anniversary, we went out on a date. But you sent your best friend instead of you to go on the date. And you had him break up with me. I agree that she's remarkably cool with it. That, and maybe I'm being a little generous, that almost kind of works in favor of what they're doing is that Britta is also, like, not as invested in this yeah. as as she would like to be. I mean, be. it does also retroactively make the entire rest of the season make more sense because we've talked about it. We're like, we literally do not understand this relationship. So here is some math for you. Oh, because I was on. like... Because I was like, why between every single episode do I forget that Troya and Britta are dating? Why does that refuse <laughs> to stick to my brain like the sticky hand that's been used too many times oh, and now it's too dusty God. to stick to the window? Like, why is it Just not came back stick from with boomers me? and my toys don't work anymore. Exactly. And the answer sort of hit me out of the blue and I cannot... Um, I, I cannot even tell you why. It is that they do not kiss one single time for their entire on-screen relationship. Troy and Britta share one kiss over the entire show, and it is in season two when they take an acting class together. Yeah. That is why it, they're, they're often in bed together, but it feels like a sleepover. It, it doesn't like feel like... It Troy and Abed are both in their PJs. Yes, they're, like, sitting next to each other, but they're not even, like, playing with each other's hair. And I'm not saying you have to be, like, all over each other. But, but there's, like... There's no semblance of any sort of physical affection there. No, and that's why it won't Not stick even an with implication. <laughs> right. It's because they don't ever physically express their affection for each other. And I, I remember... I don't know they if either of y'all... Like avoid okay. each other at times too like literally i can think of more times when i've seen troy be like i'm gonna go over here now um mm -hmm. which excuse me i've just seen an old friend like literally, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's just it's yeah i mean i'm happy I, it's done but it like makes it, me, it makes me think if it's not just a result of the show being cagey about relationships one and two like trying to illustrate that because the show is cagey about relationships, like most of the relationships that have been interpersonal in this show so far have also been largely secret. Like we go through an entire season before we find out that Troy and Britta have been having, or Jeff and Britta, Jeff and Britta are having sex. But so like, when... maybe that's a, maybe that's a Britta thing. And she's like, I don't want it to fuck up the, the dynamic of the friends. So like, okay, but we've literally about... seen Britta and Jeff bang it out on the fucking study room table. Like... Right, that wasn't around anybody, right? And we don't see Troy and Britta alone very much, but we, when we do see them together in the group, when they're in a relationship, they don't act like it. And we're, we're she and told... Jeff also didn't act like it. I mean, yeah. it feels like they came in and they were like, what are we going to do this season? And they're like, uh, let's have Troy and Britta date. And they were like, okay, let's go with that. And they realized a few episodes in it wasn't working. So then they went, okay, they need to break up. And then that's the thing is I am thankful that they did date because we got this episode out of it. For sure. And that's the silver lining for me. I mean, we're... I, their whole relationship yeah. is basically not existent, but the breakup is just oh, delicious. I love it. For sure. We're we're told they're like having sex, but there's nothing on screen that actually 
like I know they're in bed together, but they express no intimacy or or affection for each other. And I'm not asking for like a sex scene on Community. No, That's not something that they do. But like we got more we... intimacy between Annie and Dean as Jeff. Exactly. They express more (laughs) actual, like, attraction to each other than, than (laughs) we, and, and we have seen Jeff Winger, like, okay, Jeff has been on screen intimate with uh, Britta, Slater, guest star Catherine McPhee, uh, Annie on occasion, um, that one kid's mom, <laughs> like, like uh, we have at the the dean's secretary at the STD fair. Like, we have seen Jeff all over several women. So I'm like, yes, of course, I understand Jeff Winger as like a sexual being. Troy goes on a date and does like end up banging a girl in a bathroom in one episode, but. He's he never has any on screen. Always presented as more goofy, like him being like, "I packed a shit ton of condoms," and you're like, (laughs) "Implication of sex." Whereas you're like, "Sexy man." He's actually having sex, and I'm not gonna go so like. There is a continued problem with like black men not being allowed to show the same like romantic things on screen that that white men are allowed to show. I don't know if I'm ready to like make that fucking accusation. Um, but it is something that, like, you would, that I notice, like, watching this, I'm like, they never let Troy kiss anybody, and Donald Glover's as hot as Joel McHale, like, Donald Glover they don't... is hotter than Joel McHale. That's probably, yes, I agree. <laughs> um, and there's, I mean, and it is, like, kind of, I don't, you know, problem is in quotes, but, like, it's a thing in modern media that I'm like, I feel like the only people that are having sex anymore are teens on tv shows like the only people that are banging are on yeah, riverdale and nobody's, euphoria nobody's fucking in real life anymore there's covid kevin there are people that fuck I'm totally <laughs> yeah i mean like this has been going on for <laughs> years right but this feels like a weird thing and I, I don't know if either of y'all remember this but early on in this podcast i brought forward that i thought troy was like asexual or aromantic and yeah. y'all, like, rebuked that, and I think, you know, you were like, he enjoys butt stuff, etc. And I'm like, right. But I I couldn't pin down exactly why I thought that. And it's just that, like, we never see him be intimate with anyone across this entire show, even when he's dating a main cast member. And in this episode, which I hadn't watched in, like, eight years until, like, a week ago, when, when Troy is being Abed and using the lens of being Abed to speak his own truth to Jeff in the Lost and Found room, he's like, I don't understand why Troy would ever want to be in a relationship. And, and when he, through the lens of being Abed, is allowed to express his own actual, like, feelings in this scene, I'm like, and, and the show doesn't get, like, credit for portraying, like, an aromantic person, but I'm like, this feels like someone who is maybe asexual or aromantic um in in this scene and as we've seen like throughout this season i don't know i mean my theory honestly is i mean i think that's a really interesting analysis of that i think also part of that could be credited to the fact that he is speaking through a lens of abed therefore he is kind of speaking to abed who decidedly could be in a relationship with probably anybody he wanted to, as we've seen, because he can just turn on this charm and everybody's, like, enamored with him, and you're like, what the hell is this? How did this happen? Let's um, just face it, I'm pretty adorable. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but he doesn't really have desires to be in formal relationships. And when we do see him in relationships, it's it's always like, oh, my God, this is so fun. You know, um, it's just, like, unexpected. <laughs> so I think it maybe there's a little bit of what you were saying. I think it also could be a little bit of that. But what I see it as genuinely uh, is um, if you give Troy, who is arguably one of the probably like arguably the funniest person on the show that's my opinion uh, you know who, no i think hard, that's true you know it's hard to really pound say for the, pound beat for beat you, the funniest i mean <laughs> and not to say that everybody nobody else on the show is funny everybody's hysterical he's just he's just troy the wonder boy you know <laughs> if they were to make troy not only the funniest on the show but also have this kind of innate kind of sex appeal Jeff would no longer be the main character. So there's a structural necessity. You know what I mean? Because they're like, well, you know, it's like, oh, the leading man, he's sexy and funny. And the second you give the funny guy and you make him sexy too, it messes with the trope. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this show thrives on pointing out, playing with, and then ultimately kind of flipping tropes. Yes. And the thing is, that's... That's a trope that wouldn't be beneficial for the development of Troy's character. Uh, do I want to see it? Yes, absolutely. But it would be a totally different show at that point. Mm -hmm. Because then it would be like, I just want to follow Troy around all the time. Instead of having it, Jeff's at the head of the table. It, you know you know what I'm saying? Like, it, No, I it, do. I do. I get it. It could also very you. easily veer into like... Oh, you know, Troy's on one of his other, you know, sexcapades or whatever. You know, it just it 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 becomes a different show, um, which I would love to see. But still, it's yeah, and I it does come across a little bit as like, especially as he gets older too. You know, it's like it's the performance of sexuality when he's younger. He's in high school and he's like, yeah, I fuck <laughs> whatever, and then he gets sure. into college and he thinks about it a little bit more, and there's excitement around it, and it's not that he's into, you know. And then, and then, of course, I mean, if we're playing whether or not we had debate as to whether or not this even made sense, but him not understanding anything about Pierce's kink room, mm -hmm. right? You know, just showing him not really being aware within that. I, I could see him being um, some sort of gray ace, a romantic sort of level. Yeah, I could totally see that, the way that he's portrayed. It's, it's fascinating. Um, yeah, and and part of it's also, also no good. My bad. I think it's also entirely possible that he's just a nerd. <laughs> he's a little dork. Oh, so that, <laughs> like I think that like I knew this kid. Mm -hmm. Like I knew this kid, and like they played sports and were cool, and people liked them, and they were fun, but they never really had a relationship ever because they just kind of didn't prioritize it. Mm -hmm. And then, like, they got to college and were like, ooh, relationships, yeah. And everyone they were in was kind of weird because they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Mm -hmm. And then they, like, went and did their own shit and realized what they were, who they were, why they were, and then came back and are, like, sex symbols. Like, it's not it, – it's it's a whole progression that, like, I I've mean, seen. not even to get – And, like, that's in. very much what it feels like Troy does because once he goes off on this boat, yes, he doesn't come back to the show – but the Donald Glover that emerges after Community is wildly different than the Donald Glover that went into Community. Um, For sure. And, like, 
I don't know. It just kind of feels like that's what he did. You know what I mean? Like he was just that a kid that kind of didn't to play care. within a movie. If if he came back for the movie and was just like sex symbol Donald Glover, he's like, that would this be- is America, <laughs> Donald Glover. Oh, <laughs> if no, they find him on an island because he never made it on his boat trip and he's just wearing pants, no shirt, and his hair looks like that, yeah. And that's the only reference to This Is America they do. That would be fine. I'd be okay be with fine. that. But <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, no, yeah. I mean, they I, also, even as a character, you know, he was raised Jehovah's Witness. You know, that's fucking intense. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is intense. For sure. That'll and fuck so you I up. Think there's also, you know, uh, probably an element of him being like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't yeah. know. I'm still finding out who I am. Why would I want to? Like, Troy just wants to, like, watch TV and movies and, and play with his friends. And that's kind of his priority right now because he gets to do that with a sense of freedom he never had. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so like him tying why, himself up in a relationship just doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's why he's when, like, when, it. when he's, yeah, that's why when he's being Abed also, when he says like, um, what was the line you brought up, Kevin? Where he's like, I don't even know why he would want to be in a relationship right now. Mm-hmm. That is what that means to me. It's sure. I'm still figuring out who I am. I'm still playing games with my, with my friend, you know, he's not, yeah. it's, it's not that he doesn't, the idea of a relationship is not something he wants. There's clearly at least some desire there. Maybe not though, but like there, this is, it's, this is two seasons later showing that Troy on the night of his 21st birthday hasn't really grown up yet. He's still that, that he's still that guy yeah. who's looking to other people to figure out what it means to be an adult. And he gets in a relationship and he's so, oh shit, I don't want this. Right. That he, he does a fucking body switch to like yeah and to do it you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. it does make him yeah. going off in the boat e- even more like this bit of i was moment. just thinking that that i'm like, like this actually works really well with the fact that seven episodes from now he's, he's like, getting off on a boat to become a man yeah, yeah i think this actually works troy probably has the best arc of any character on the show yep. um yeah. as Troy's far as growth and like where he ends me, yeah, Troy's arc on this show is Thor's arc in <laughs> Endgame, sure. in, in Avengers. Yeah. Going from sure. the they childish... They really figured out what to do with Thor, like, extra stuff. Like, they, they, they found, they, like, they were like... They oh, figured we out, let sauce. Chris be funny, <laughs> is what they figured. Let him you know? be basically. Let him be so funny. Good. Um, but, Tight yeah, down. no, it's he, yeah. he has the best, tightest, most, like, easily, like, I can chart from the pilot to here, and it's messy, like, all television arcs but like i can chart this character's journey over the last four and change seasons of tv Caleb, are um, you sitting in a joke that you just like pushed off to the side for the benefit of flow just, just troy barnes and how much he talks about his butt and then, <laughs> and then kev being like he's got the best tightest i just wanted to say butthole i did too <laughs> I y'all just, nasty. I just laughed and kept it to myself. Y'all, y'all nasty. Y'all motherfuckers need Jesus. You said he's got the best and tightest in yeah. he's immediate got the succession fucking, with each other. He's got the and tightest, and then, and then cleanest, you left that, no, hold on. <laughs> fullest. You left that pinless grenade in our hands and we're like, have fun, fuckers. And, and both tried to like, walk past it. <laughs> And We're left both over here own... fucking... <laughs> <laughs> I'm having an aneurysm. 
I'm if this was an if this was an anime, I'd have the hollow plus sign on my forehead because I'm fucking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're that me. meme of that kid with all the veins all over uh-huh. their face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or you're that fucking, you're that clip of Dragon Ball Z I posted on the Twitter account where it's like Vegeta, like struggling. He's like, don't do it. Don't say it. Uh, it's, ah! uh yeah, that's exactly. That's I still exactly have not seen any Dragon Ball and I know that that's it's, like, blasphemous. it's too late. I it's have barely late. seen <laughs> It's too, too late. late. It's too late. You're not eight. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's not a bad show, but not like, you're not eight. No. It's not going to hit the same. It could never. And it's so long. <laughs> it's so There's long. There's so much. There's different iterations. It's, it's, it's like it's getting too... into One Piece that has like 300 episodes. Now. I don't... I wouldn't even you... dream of... Oh, no. 300 episodes. 900 episodes. Okay. <laughs> like you... Okay. There, there are over a thousand uh, chapters of the manga. And I am on 270-something. Uh, I've been reading... Trying to do the whole thing? Yeah, I've been reading since like October, just kind of like before bed. It's like a nice like little little thing to do before bed. Um, I'm on like 270. Yeah. Okay, I swear you just said I've been breeding before bed and I was about to be very <laughs> I mean, it puts you right to sleep, you know? <laughs> Caleb, Kevin's no, no, your title of host with the most don't, don't ask me. Don't ask me. I'm not nope, nope, nope. It's a no, natural melatonin. Uh um, It is. It's so, a, yeah. a, yeah, <laughs> guess fucking job done. Uh, really cool. A cigarette. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Than... Better. <laughs> I can't. God, people, you can't do this to me. <laughs> Y'all nasty. Uh, all right. We are. We are. That's right, Kev. We oh. are. Not you. Uh-huh. Just us. No. We nasty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we. Uh, this is gonna be the episode, longest. You know, good episode. Jim Rash episode. He's very funny in this fucking episode of it's, Community. It just totally makes about. sense that Jim Rash wrote this. Honestly, it just it just 100%. tasty, tasty. Yeah, in man. the same way that it makes perfect sense that he directed the episode where he's in the VR headset, it just makes like perfect fucking sense. He directed that one. Yeah, he oh, and he and his like so writing much. directing partner co-directed that the oh. Keith David introductory episode, um, and it just like oh Jim you're Rash like this is a guy writing team for the movie, and I and mm. I refuse to speak about the movie in any other way aside from as if it's already happening. If Jim Rash <laughs> does not participate on the writing team for this movie, I don't know what they're doing. Academy Award winner Jim Rash. Academy, you um, need an Academy Award winner on the movie. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, get him in. The, fuck it. Yeah, let him. Let him just at least do some joke punch up. You know, like, <laughs> you know, if nothing else, something. Uh, yeah, sounds sounds good uh, to me. But you're like, right? This is a guy that understands himself as a performer really well, and will give him things that he specifically feels like he is good at as a comedic performer to do in in an episode. That that makes perfect sense. If I can check that to me. Rips his whole shirt off, throws it at Annie. Rules. Oh, he and wanted then, to do that so bad. Oh He's been God. like, I'm so jacked, and you keep you keep not letting me take my shirt off. Just <laughs> let me fucking take my shirt off. And then, and then Shirley's like, Annie, and she's like, I don't know what's happening. That's fucking <laughs> so funny. Good. So, so good. funny. Allison Brie, who I think this season has really fucking like kicked in the ass. Uh and just like took us this season for sure. Just absolutely like one of the characters that I'm like, what are they doing with this? Every episode is about how she wants to fuck Jeff. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> come <laughs> on. Uh and this episode lets her like 
give some good fucking comedy. Uh, anyway, there's a yeah. there's a good episode. I like this one yeah. uh, quite a bit. Uh, let's move on to the next one, shall we? No. Yes. The origin story. <laughs> Season four, episode twelve, Heroic Origins, directed by Victor <laughs> Nelly Jr. Written by Steve Bazalone, Annie Mabane, and Maggie Bandour. Uh, in this episode, Abed uh, weaves together a crazy quilt of destiny uh, to say that the SETI group was always destined to be together and they were connected long before they ever actually knew each other. And, okay. There... I'm sorry. I, I literally. Yes. I just have to say this. I do like this episode. I know you're going to go into it, but the thing that gets me is they're going through it and they've crafted a pretty exceptional, like retroactive, like, Oh, interwoven timeline kind of thing. It is impressive what they've pulled off, but my favorite aspect of all of it is like, well, what about Pierce? And then there's a sticky note that says <laughs> Pierce Hawthorne, re- uh, regular, uh, regular at Greendale. Interact unavoidable unavoidable <laughs> is that a sad face he goes i don't know and then he takes it and crushes i don't know, it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sounds so good. good yeah this is another one of those episodes that fucking uh chevy was gone <laughs> chevy was not on the yeah, show anymore bye 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 chevy your fucking bye. stunt double is gonna fall have fake a heart attack off screen um, was that even pierce who cares? Who cares? No, it definitely wasn't. That's why they didn't show his face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. It was. I think it was the guy. Remember in season one when Abed makes movies about the study group, the guy that plays Pierce in those movies is Chevy Chase's stand-in. I think it's just that guy. <laughs> I think it's Love just that, that guy. It At is, least that like performer. I, I, I also like that moment because it ends up bringing a bit of payoff to one of my least favorite bits in the whole show like prior to the season the the post credit where he can't work a fucking ice cream machine is so <laughs> to me it's just so stupid and then when they pull it in with this it feels like it's a reference to that and it makes me like it just a little bit more and the fact that they tie it in with him faking a heart attack i'm like okay this is this uh, i don't know i don't know yeah they actually kind of use it for like Pierce's position in the group as, like, the punching bag, as, like, the person we all laugh at and unite around laughing at. Like, there's there's something there. My issue... There's there's good points in this episode. I have two issues. Uh, one, yeah, we get it. The Star Wars prequels aren't that good. Like, fucking... <laughs> I get it, show. You want Kevin. me to like you, so you dunk on the Star Wars prequels. Good. Uh, my other problem is that Community is a show about taking tropes or classic setups and inverting them and turning them in some way and flipping it over. And one of my least favorite tropes in media is the, we were always supposed to be together. Nothing can be happenstance. Like it's all destiny. And they take that. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. It's one of my least favorite things in all, all media. And they take that trope and they just do it. <laughs> they don't invert it in any way. <laughs> they just do it. Uh, and it feels like the season one finale where I'm that. like, community is supposed to invert the trope of like the grand confession of love at the school dance. Uh, but it just does the trope. And that feels very yeah, uncommunity. I just, I don't know. It also feels, I don't know. I, I don't know why I like it a lot. I think there's something really like campy about it that's enjoyable to me. Um, 
there's something about there's also something fun about the fact that you can also as they put a lot of power in the viewer in this episode where you have the option of going is this power to the players is this real or is this not real it's presented to you in a sense where it's like very likely is like actually what happened but it's also you could also just as easily be like this is abed creating a fan fiction for his group of friends and okay. Okay. that's also kind of fun. I, there's something about the so, way that they put off yeah. that feels really like genuine to who these people are, and that's what. And I don't know. Maybe it's it, it, I, maybe I'm having a harder time thinking of circumstances that actually use that trope. You two are seem to well, be more aware of like yeah, I, this. So I should, I should clarify. I when when Kev was talking about how much he hates this, and I was agreeing. I. I agree with that. I don't agree with that for this. For whatever reason, this show does it, and I don't hate it. I'm like, you know what? Fine. This show's meta as fuck anyway. But, like, when you go watch the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles, and it turns out that... uh, It's Megan Megan Fox's dad's the one that made them. And she used to feed them pizza. And then when the fire happened in the facility, it made all the chemicals go down. And She's the one that put them in the sewer... And then it's added like the rat. Andrew Andrew Garfield well, Spider Man. About- it's not that it's Andrew Andrew Garfield Spider Man. It's not that you were bitten by a radioactive spider and and took that chance to become like a hero. No, your dad experimented on your blood, and you were always supposed to be a hero. And I'm like that sucks so what about, hard. What about, like, so ungratifying. Bad movie. Joker's, Next question. Joker's not a Batman. It doesn't take place in the DC universe. No, but they totally play it up like that's the like it leads into what is the canon origin story, right? Fuck. Or that. even, yeah, okay, fair. What about even the um, the Jack Nicholson <laughs> Joker, where they kind of loosely imply that he killed his parents? Don't don't like that either. Yeah, okay, fair. What's <laughs> the thing? Uh, you know, the thing. in the like in the in the Daniel Craig James Bonds, where it's like actually Christoph Waltz was behind the last yeah, three movies, and I'm like, fuck three you, three no, three he three wasn't. Three. I saw Casino Royale. He's not in it. Yeah, he's not. I you can't prove he did that. Yeah, it's, it's the the uh, what was the first movie you referenced, Jace? Joker. Joker. Yeah, yeah. The I've talked, I'm sure, about why I could not get into the show Gotham. The existence of any of Batman's gallery of rogues before Batman exists makes Batman not work for me. Like, Batman shows up to fight petty crime because the city's covered in petty crime. And then because petty crime can't fight a fucking superhero, supervillains show up. So, like, for Batman to be good to me, all of the bad guys have to... that 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 exist have to exist because Batman existed first court of owls, of course gets the exception. Cause they're not actually like villain, villain run around no, in costumes. They're, they're, they're bureaucratic under exactly, exactly. That, shit's tight. that shit's very good. And I'm 100% fine tight. with that because if one rich guy is able to change the city in one way, what is a cabal of rich people able to do? That's fine. Right, right, right. But like Joker being indirectly or directly the cause of Batman's parents dying makes Batman mentally breaking the way he did and becoming what he does meaningless because it's just the point fault, is Batman's that it's not bad wh- choice to deal with his grief. It's not Bruce going, I don't yeah. know how to go to therapy. So I'm going to punch people. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> it's no, this guy fucked you up real bad and you became his worst enemy. No, fuck that. It takes all of the responsibility off of Bruce. So like, yeah, like this is why I say I hate this. It's like if you give me a reason for something and that reason doesn't, and maybe it's because most of the time the reason doesn't line up. Like if you gave me a, a prequel and like threw something out that like, oh God, I didn't, oh shit, Rogue One's a perfect example of this. That movie didn't need to get made at all and could still be fine if it never got made. But because they made it and added this weird little thing that like that one little hole that Luke shoots a torpedo down in A New Hope was put there on purpose so that it could be blown up by a guy who was forced to build it. Fucking cool. Like, I didn't need to know that, but cool. But then when you go back mm -hmm. and tell me all the Ninja Turtles came from the same lab, fed pizza by the chick whose dad is the reason they're super... No, there's, super <laughs> there's definitely a way of doing that where it's like, you didn't... This, it just feels heavy-handed, and it it's it feels like you're just forcing a closed universe. Yeah. And I think yeah. this one, what it does is it plays with the idea of a forcing a closed universe, and that's the thing that it flips. Everybody's like, you're doing this thing that we all hate, where you're saying we're all connected, we're not fucking connected, stop that. And then it feels like, mm -hmm. and then it comes down to, but also it's not something that like affects the characters or their storylines. It, it works. Like, like, see, Seeing Britta running through this hospital with a monkey on her shoulder at the same time as seeing Annie trying to steal a prescription pad while while Abed says, by the way, there's someone stealing your prescription pad, right? That doesn't that doesn't make me go, oh, you know what I mean? That makes me go, ha, ah, that's funny. That's a fun little moment that who knows right. if it's even real or not. But it's it's one of those fun, like you know, it's... I think the end of the episode is pretty unambiguous. I am HO. Um, I it, we we could maybe disagree about the, like the degrees no, right. of this, but I think it's pretty unambiguous that it is all literal. And I'm like, okay, so like they knew Annie's boobs before like the chicken fingers episode, and it's like the same. Well, they didn't monkey? know Annie's boobs. But, like, that, it's like, oh, Britta freed Annie's boobs, but then Abed later bought... Aunt, like, it just, like, it it doesn't make... And, then like, you know, we're being very pedantic about, like, a sitcom timeline, but, like, <laughs> they make me ask that question by the virtue of this episode, and it's just that closed universe it shit that I am of... not into. I, um, I kind of like that it brings it to this kind of this unreal plane. And and the thing is like the the show does this a lot and there are times that it does it when I really don't like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like especially if in this they, season, like but... like Shirley and Jeff in the foosball episode. That's fun. them going to this that works for me because that then leads to like a a, a re-understanding of this character conflict between these two people, right? But we don't wring any of that same juice out of well, we get any a of these found, connections. We get a and if they understanding of Chang, we get um I guess like that he like brought them together, but he already brought them together in the Spanish class. So like well, no, why he... add this extra yeah. level? But as far as like That's... being included in their group though, is there's that That we like see the origin of the Dean's like costumes, which you'd already seen with the Dalmatian thing. It just like it creates all yeah, of this, no, like, that extra... one I that one I didn't like. If you want 
if you want to do an episode of a community that is a parody of this idea, right? And you just like completely fucking blow it out and it turns out that everyone was responsible for everything and then you tear it down and it's not actually real that's an episode of community i can really get into but this is just like it's just this trope that i don't like that i've also seen a thousand times (laughs) they don't do anything to then take it to a heightened comedic community reality (laughs) that's all i mean yeah i i i yeah, I, it doesn't Sorry. bother me in the same way, uh, but I completely agree with what you're saying. I totally see what you're saying. It makes perfect sense. Um, I've seen, like, there are times when I see that trope and it, like, actually, like, is upsetting because it feels like it takes away from sort of awesome about it. And then there are times when it adds something and I'm like, that's very cool. This lies right in the middle for me where I don't feel like it adds anything, but I don't feel like it takes anything away. And mm-hmm. because of that, there's something about being able to look at it and go, the fact that they pulled this off is kind of impressive to me that I'm like, Jeff oh, like, being the lawyer for Andre's stripper, I, I don't hate because I, th- right. but my problem is we don't then use that for a juicy storyline. It's now just kind of this thing that like, oh, he got comedian natasha legero off of a criminal charge and then she slept with andre this episode i mean like andre you know did some fucked up things but it's like andre is so pissed that shirley went to pick up their children <laughs> on their anniversary that he cheats on her like andre sucks i'm sorry yeah, andre, sucks. andre fucking <laughs> andre fucking sucks um i'm also people point out a lot of ways that this episode directly conflicts with the backstories of these characters that have been set up. Like, it doesn't make sense with previous stories we've heard about these characters' backstories that, like, Troy didn't recognize Annie in the pilot, but they had hung out at a party, like, three months ago and, like, knew who each other were. Like, they were on speaking terms. They weren't, like, friends, but, like, he doesn't recognize her at all. And well, they... she doesn't have her back brace that, like, she was supposed to have. Oh, back um, brace, I didn't know and that. I just, I mean, I take, there... yeah, that's fair. I mean, I see it as, like, you know, Annie, like, speaks up and he's like, who are you? And then she runs out. And then the next time he sees her, he just, like, doesn't remember. But he also says that he lied. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that, I mean, I know. Is, they, is, they do justify, they retcon it. Right, uh, which is I lied. Like, that's, that's fucking okay. easy retcon, right? Right, and, like, listen, I read fucking comic books, which, like, you know, you just have to expect a certain amount of this doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> like, you, you just have to be like, okay, Wolverine, who was introduced as just this guy, and then ten years later you told me he's actually a hundred years old, and you just have to go, like, sure, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh fine uh you know whatever it's it's it, you know and honestly it's not a big deal <laughs> <It's>, no <laughs> we all have much bigger problems in our lives than whether or not like surely whether or not andre cheated with a bank teller or a stripper we've heard both things and it doesn't actually Wait, really? matter that yeah because the first time Shirley talks about andre cheating in the first Halloween episode, she refers to Andre's mistress as a long neck weave having bank teller. Who I would not use any of those words to describe a stripper no. necessarily. Um, 
Oh my so God. that's a conflicting story. <laughs> Uh, but like you know, okay. Whatever. I mean, also I'll, <laughs> maybe she daylights as a as a bank teller. <laughs> maybe. I yeah, mean, she, I will always default to being like Troy was a literally different character the first couple episodes. <laughs> like he just was. Like when you watch like Troy being like yeah, I mean of course you could be like oh it's growth, but it's straight up it's just like it's a TV show. They came into their characters as they did more episodes. Like that's just like how it works. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like the Troy we see in episode one makes no sense with the Troy we get later on, yeah. but that's okay. It's like watching the first season of Parks and Rec or the first season of The Office. Woof. Both of them are painful and slow and kind of bad. Yeah. Um, but then when you go back, after you finish and you go back and watch it, it's also great to watch. Because then you're like, oh shit, look how different they fucking were. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, And yeah, it, it's what you said, Jay. So you could see it as growth or you could also just see it as like it's the first season who fucking right. knows what also this speaking is right, of, now. <laughs> right exactly no speaking of parks and rec though if anybody has a, a an account of peacock where they're actually paying for it so i can watch more than just the first two seasons of parks and rec i would i'm gonna get one at some point and i'll let you know because like the, they is the, the uh, subscription our group's gonna share share <laughs> yeah, I mean, y'all already can have my Criterion. That's, oh, that's completely right. fine. That's right. And Criterion doesn't have accounts, so you can use it as many times as you want. Uh, but Peacock is going to have all of Parks and Rec, a MacGruber TV series. They just greenlit a 10-episode Ryan Johnson, Natasha Legero mystery series for Peacock. Peacock's also going to have every WWE match of all time Holy on it soon. So, like... Crap. I'm gonna start paying for Peacock at some point, and I'll let y'all know. <laughs> I'm like, AP Bio Season 3 I haven't seen have yet. So of, like, oh, uh, I actually really like this show. This is my... Uh, I don't know if any of you, either of you have watched it. Superstore? Yeah. I've heard that's very good. I loved I that show. I I mean, I haven't caught up in a minute, but like, I... It's got a Colton Dunn. It. I love Colton Dunn. A show that makes fun of Walmart where the where the people are viewed as unionizing and it's shown in a positive light. Yes, please! It takes, it takes place in St. Louis, too. Is it really? Oh, is that true? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it takes place in St. Louis. I mean, I don't know why I doubted you. Yeah, I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. I don't say, I don't say shit that's, that means anything ever. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, dog. I got some bad habits. I gotta break out. <laughs> got I'm working learning on myself, to know? do. Working on that's myself. right. Always, always. You know, question. It's not about being ashamed of yourself, but if you grow, you will. Let, that will. That will end up it's happening. Not a, and that's yeah, okay, it's not folks. about being ashamed of yourself. It's being willing to accept a, that eventually you will be ashamed of yourself. It's about growing, and that's that. and that's the real goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, Jace, you were saying. Yeah, I have a question. <laughs> Yeah. So Show. we end this episode with Chang mm-hmm. being like, I'm out. You know, like, fuck mm-hmm. this, I'm not. And then, of course, we get a giant spider blueprint, yes. Y- yeah, that's what I'm asking. Do we ever get the giant spider? No, this no. This was the beginning of my pitch for the movie. Is that Boy. a giant spider attacks Greendale. <laughs> and uh, our yeah. study group has to assemble like the Avengers and fight back. Uh, oh a big God. Wild Wild bring West the, spider Bring attacks. the Russo brothers in. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Well, wait, do they go back to... Do, is City College addressed at all in five or six? 
No, this is the last appearance of Dean Spreck. I believe City College is mentioned from time to time. Oh, City College does an attack ad on Greendale in season six, uh, where they gave a degree. So they could. To the dog. They could do this. Um, yes, they could. I I would say it is perhaps a. Uh, failing of basic television drama to at the second to last episode of a season say giant spider coming and then not do that in the <laughs> finale i would say maybe and not that's the a finale? little bait and switch. it's such a weird choice it's like oh cool wait <laughs> wait what but, but you just you, oh you just you just weren't okay Oh, you just weren't. But why? And uh, this is this is the end of uh, the Changnesia plot. Glad we did that. <laughs> glad, glad we, glad we spent a whole season doing this, huh? <laughs> that that this is the ending. Hmm. Abed just says, "Don't do it anymore," and he's like, "Okay." Aren't we glad we did twelve episodes of this fucking plot line? Aren't, are we as a, are we as a unit like oh glad yeah, this glad this paid off? Like, I've been fooling people so I can put, so I can fuck them over, and then right when it gets to the part where it could have created some sense of conflict, he's like, nah, let me go to the post office. Late. Um, it is funny though. Yeah, that, like in a couple episodes in season five, uh, he mentions that like because he came clean, he had to go to jail for a little bit. <laughs> He was like, no, nah, yeah, I had to go to jail, and now I'm out, and it's fine, and I'm a teacher, or whatever. Uh, that was funny to me. <laughs> it was like, okay, I, I'm sure. Really excited. I'm happens. really excited to, like, now fully experience the return, like, that season five was. Because for me, I yeah. didn't fully, Yo, like, let me watching tell you. it, like, <laughs> I was like, season four, I never fully understood. I was like, season four is not bad, and now that I'm looking at the critical lens, I'm like, oh, it's, not, it's not great. It's not great. Um, and I'm excited. It's watchable though, because you know it is still sorry, watchable. Yeah. Off. it's watchable because there's bad shows, and this isn't oh. bad. It's, it's like, just it's not just, what we're used to. Right, bad <laughs> community bad is still good TV. It's like yeah, a bad, bad Marvel movie, movie is still a good movie. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I'm just excited to like get into season five and like have some sort of emotional connection to when they say, "Oh, there was a gas leak," and kind of poke fun at what yeah. happened, and we're not talking about. I, I, I'm I'm very excited to get into the Yahoo years as well. Oh, y'all, I fucking love season six. Season six gets so much shit on Dude, the goddamn Frankie internet. Is... Frankie and Elroy. Frankie and Elroy. They're amazing. They're so, so good. good. It's just, it's just not, they're just not the original that we want. We want, it's I know. like, we want Troy back. And it's like, well, you can't, we've got Troy at home. You but know? the show becomes about the abs, like it becomes about the absence of Troy without being dragged down on it. Like it is about like, can we grow and change after losing a major part of ourselves? Because right. like it's, Pierce it's, leaves it's, and nobody cares. It's a different community. Forgettable. Right, and like you know, it's not as if Troy leaves and the show stops being fucking funny. <laughs> it's still it's, funny. We're just, it's not, yeah. it's, I mean, we're just not getting Troy comedy, which is, I mean, so good, but you know. It's, and I love it. And I love it. That's not what Troy's makes great. community community. Community is, and this is something that we've also kind of, upon reflecting, even what makes season four episodes good. What makes community community isn't a specific style of comedy, which is present for most of it. The thing that's mm -hmm. the true identifier of what makes community community is the heart that they manage to pull into a lot of these episodes. And the way for that sure. they can balance different types of comedy and the meta lens and the, and the flipping of tropes all around whenever they can stories that are 
ultimately about people finding community. And I know that that sounds maybe like eh, community, but like seriously, it's no for it's, sure. The show is about community. You just said Very some, to some Pinterest shit. That's you did, but it is you also like, shit, but it's true. true. But like it's you know, true. like I'm the, the community. I'm trying to find a, a word out that's not community to drive the po- point across, but it really isn't. It's really no, hard. It's about it's about disparate. It's, pe- it's it's the plot of all of my favorite shows. It's about disparate people coming together through necessity and finding like a common bond and realizing that like the only thing that makes this whole thing worth doing is each other, is other right. people, right. and and that is the the whole point of this. And community as a show, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse, and whether through like necessity or desire, metamorphosizes every season. Like, every season is a very distinct entity. And sometimes it's because a cast member leaves, or sometimes it's like, oh, Modern Warfare was really good, so season two should have, like, a lot of conceptual episodes. But then, like, by the time you get to season six, it's like, no, we're not really, like, the genre parody show anymore. Like, let's, now we're, now we have this new energy from fucking Paget Brewster and Keith David, and let's, like, use that fucking energy now. Let's, let's invent and let's play. And I know that, like, that's not going to work equally for everyone, but like we're passing the fucking energy sphere and it's always live community never stops trying to invent itself over again. It's never happy with where it's been and it's always trying something new and that's admirable. True. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutes. Uh, let's rank these danked episodes, shall we? (laughs) Let's rank these dank episodes. It's fucking dank. It's fucking dank. Ain't it mate? All right, let's rank Demen tags first. Um, I play too many v- fantasy video games where people talk like that. Dude, uh, dude, thank you. I'm sitting here while you're doing that specific voice and being like, why do I also do the same fucking voice? Like, because you played any RPG, literally any <laughs> even of them. one, literally any of them. I do, I do it all the time, and like, how are we gonna show the bad guys bad? Make them talk like this. <laughs> hey, that's a Witcher over there. It is. It is. Oh, I saying it. If I'm saying it. Hey, if that's not Batman, and I'm not the Penguin. Yeah, exactly. Hey, any who's uh, do, do, do. Okay, so the first end tag of the ranking here is the fake outtakes. I love this one. <laughs> it's a this good one. Oh, so good. Uh, Troy and I better faking outtakes, and then the Dean uh, gets in on it. Oh, okay. This doesn't happen early. I thought this happened early. Feetball? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Runs into the I door never do that. that. Oh this God. one's really fucking funny to me. <laughs> I swear, I never do this. <laughs> it's like when you're watching like a Pixar movie when they do fake outtakes, uh-huh. and you're like, someone like animated this. I like someone it. was like, "What'd you do at work today, <laughs> honey?" Oh, I, I pretended like the toy fell into duct tape, and then he <laughs> laughed. <laughs> I always think about Mike that Wazowski adult. Like, oh my god, don't throw up, and then they <laughs> pipe in throw fake up. laughter from a fake set, and throw he goes, "What?" What what I say? What I say? What's going? And it's Billy Crystal giving an amazing performance, but it's just yeah. so fucking meta. Oh my god! That, that realization for young adult Caleb was fucking world bending. I was it's like, pivotal, right? remember these? Wait a minute, they're not real. Oh my god! <laughs> like it, it just fucked with me for like an an hour. I had this like 
existential crisis as like a 15 year old watching yeah. Toy Story again for the like millionth time and but like for the first time in five years and being like they make it where like a bug flies into Buzz's mouth. Did they bring a character from Bugs Life into one of them? It's just it's just oh. all right. All right, we got we got we got a roll. Um, it's like I want right. to go to bed. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's eleven thirty. Um, <laughs> uh, this one's up here high for me. I'm looking at um, maybe our top season four end tag. Uh, let's v Splingles, and this one's up from that one for me. Definitely above that. Dawn of Chip. I hate how much. Um, I'm going to actually say... Snyder Cut, coming out uh, on the day this episode drops. Oh my god. I'm going to say, for me, for me, um, I would put this below Britta's penis test and above in the morning with Rich. I could flip-flop. I could go either way on Horsebot 3000. Horsebot 3000 wins for me because it always makes me chuckle. Sometimes this end tag is like, yeah, 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 fake outtakes. Yeah, 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 we get it. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Perfect. I love Jim Rash and Troy and having a perfect it's moment. So good. New but, but number Jeff 26. And like, I really like horse spot. <laughs> what the hell is the end tag of the fucking fighter? No. For failure to deliver and for overall usefulness, this deserves. Uh, and I will campaign on it getting nothing better than 81. Wow. And that's the bottom. Yeah. For anyone oh, for yes. anyone who can't see the list, that's the bottom one. Oh, can we put it at 80? No, because American Inspector's Space Time makes me cringe laugh. <laughs> what a negotiation. <laughs> can we, can we really like second just, here's the thing. Because this, no, this one at least is like, what the fuck? An American Inspector Space Time makes me... It's This one is what the fuck. American Inspector Space Time is fuck you. And I don't like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel the opposite. I feel the opposite. Because this one promises I something... Tiebreaker. Mm, yes, I this feel the power of the tiebreaker. And, and I am... It's so hard. Is it 80 or 81? I just can't it's tell. New number... 81. Yeah. <laughs> Giant spider blueprint because I will uh never let this go. I will I will be willing to uh remove this end tag if it's in the movie. Uh which like I don't know if that's what I want the community movie. I don't, to, I don't know if I want like a giant spider. Uh, but don't tell me there's going the to be one. Away because it's not feasible. But don't still. tell me there's going to be one. I don't necessarily want one. But don't tell me it's there and then you not know what I, you know what I would take. You know what I would take as as the presence of the of the robotic spider. I'm gonna say yes. Abed is some sort of indie filmmaker and he makes some dumb Godzilla like movie mm. and he makes some sort of spider attack something mm. and that's I, that'll be a good enough easter egg for me i sounds good uh so uh the body swap episode so i'm up here at number 43 which is our current height of season four with her story of dance we can go higher i think we're gonna look a little higher up here we can go higher we can go anywhere in a balloon um okay <laughs> So I'm looking up here. I think my ceiling for how high this one can go is number 37, Beginner Pottery. I was actually going to say about around that as well. I could probably even go maybe one above it. Actually, no, I'll probably do it just below Beginner Pottery, honestly. Yeah. Uh, oh. 
Which one? Anthro uh, 101. Anthro 101 is the season two premiere with Betty White. I could actually put this one above that, honestly. Uh, yeah, I, I'll hear it. It's not above introduction to film. No, certainly not. But I could put which it is above Professor Whitman intro. and uh, Abed's dad watching his movie. No, it's the that day. Yeah, right there. <laughs> seize the day, Daddy House. How would you like to seize the day? I think that I will <laughs> say <laughs> that. Oh, Whole <laughs> sentence. I hate you. Oh, nice. Cool. And then I'll answer it. No. Um, <laughs> I oh, hate nice. cops. That's basically what my brain just did. Um, oh, I hate cops. I hate cops. <laughs> I, mm, season two, episode one, for some reason, like, has this... It's this bug in my brain that's like, nah, it's better than this. And I can't figure out why. Maybe it's just because it's season two and, like, that's inherently... It's better, mm. but mm. this I I'm gonna put, I I genuinely think this is better than season two episode one. I mean, this is one of the lower season two. It might actually no no, it's not the lowest season two. Maybe it is. I don't know. It's not it's not the lowest. It's it's down there though. Yeah, I just for me for me um <laughs> like it just anthropology one oh one. I love that that tickles you so much. <laughs> there's uh, just maybe a, it's there's just, just me, a, but for me. A, there's a TikTok account of a guy yeah, that lives in New York. That for me, and every time I that's hear literally you who say I'm it, I, okay, amazing. Yeah. I didn't know, but every yeah. time you would say it, that's what I would think of, and those videos crack me the fuck up. So, for me? Yeah, for that's what I'm doing. Um, I just, there's something about this episode that, like, nails that heart thing that you yeah. get in introduction to film, and I don't get that in season two, and yeah. that, that kind works. of always wins for me. That works. I, I feel you. I feel you. Because I can't think of what the thing is about Anthro 101. Yeah, it's a gut. I mean, literally, when I saw that, when I said, uh, yeah. when I asked what Anthropology 101 was, I was like, could this possibly be better than season two, episode one? And then I was like, actually, it is. Actually, right. yes. Um, yeah, so I think we have a new height of season four. I feel like this is the highest it's going to go. It so, is. Number 36. It's not like there's that Basic many, human anatomy. Uh, yeah, because uh, now we're on Heroic Origins, so we just gonna scroll on down here. <laughs> we, just gonna, we just gonna scroll on down. Alright, um... Because I honestly this think this one's about on par with the fucking puppet episode for me. Where I'm like, I would put it fine. Above, I would put it above felt easily. Um, I, would, I would put it above cooperative escapism of familial relations. Ones that... The Thanksgiving episode? With yeah. just dad? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would put this one above that for sure. Wow. All right. Well, we're out of my space, so y'all debate it from here. I thought I was going to have to debate for to go up. This is exciting for me. We're in new territory. Which one is yeah, social you... psychology? That is the first Jeff and Shirley episode where they are gossiping about Vaughn and his tiny nipples. Oh. This, isn't, this, isn't passing, this isn't passing that or environmental science for me. Which one is, is, is environmental so, science? So, 73 or 74. Like this will yeah. just this will just edge out uh, number seventy five. I mean, if for I, no, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, which oh, one no, is environmental science? That's the one with the somewhere out there oh, Green Day mashup. Okay, right, there's yeah. nothing no, in this episode. Is seventy five? I think I'm done with that. Yeah, just cool. above cooperative escapism, familial relations, heroic origins. Did you hear that? I just had a new number. Smoke. 
75. Of genius. Uh, of and everyone. <laughs> Great fucking reference, Caleb. Oh Love the producers. producers. Um, yes. Uh, anyway, we have. What? There's only, so there's only one episode of season four left to rank. Will it be the fucking worst one? I guess only time will. What, what, are, we, um, what are we doing? For are we watching just the last epi, or are we doing the yeah. last of four and then the first of? No, we're doing the last of four. I want so. to. Uh, so yeah, we'll be doing the season four finale on its own, and also the season five premiere on its own because I think there's a lot to discuss regarding repilot. Um, so that's where we are. Uh, my only plug this week. Uh, stay tuned for the rest of this episode where I have an interview with a married couple that met in the comments section of a review of community. No uh, way. That is, uh, that, that is my, so stay listening to the 40 minutes left in this episode. I promise you there's some good uh, shit in dare. And I will pass it off to Chal. I don't have anything to plug at all. Um, I have a reverse plug. I want you to tell me something, listeners, that you are enjoying right now maybe it's a movie maybe it's a different tv show maybe it's a video game probably preferably on playstation because i'm still trying to find video games that i like um play persona persona i should play persona you have been speaking praises to persona recently yeah play persona Um, i think it will be your shit yeah just you know give me uh just tell me things that make you happy right now you know what what are things that have gotten you through this quarantine yeah uh if you're trans i love you your sis, I love you too, but if you're trans, I love you. On my end, what do I have to promote? Uh, I put up an episode of the... So my my website changed a little bit. I think I may have talked about this last week, but I'm not entirely sure. Bounty Board did, normal, but say like, it again. Every, yeah, Bounty Board, our normal like every week group of people talk about games podcast has moved to every other week, and now it's on Thursdays, and now it's called The Nerdy Bits Show, which was a show we were running concurrently, but was only talking about pop culture and not games. So now it's now it's everything, and we're doing that, and we're doing it every other week because unlike me, some people don't want to talk about something games related every single week, and that's fine. Weird. So we're giving people more freedom to talk about stuff that they care about. That means though that the podcast that I've been doing, uh, that well, I was doing, Bounty Board, has become my thing, alone, which some people uh, I'm sure were like, <laughs> that's done. It's not. So on Monday we did an episode about baseball. A little eldritch horror baseball sim that exists on the internet. Um, it's amazing. That episode, I think, is very good. Um, it's also very info-heavy, because we're talking about how it's changed and shit. But, more importantly, this Thursday, I was going to wait until Monday, but I can't. This Thursday, um, I'm putting out the episode that I recorded with Rami Ismail last night. Um Woo! Which I have literally been on Cloud9 since then. Rami Ismail uh, is an indie game ambassador and travels around the world talking about giving advice on how to make indie games, things like this. And we talked for two hours of the just most natural, friendly, awesome conversation about inclusivity and crunch and what it means to make games and how games are fucking magic because they shouldn't work. Um, Just the wildest shit. And it was great. And it felt like connecting with an old friend. So that's coming out Thursday. That's the only thing I want to promote. Like, please listen to that episode and tell me it's as good as I think it is, because I had a blast. I bet it is. I bet it is. Knowing you, it's going to be great. 
Well, thank you. That's more praise than I think I deserve, but I'll take it. Well, <laughs> I think you deserve it. <laughs> we accept the praise we think we deserve. To paraphrase uh, perks of being a wallflower. Oh, my uh, bad. Did you say I was Batman? Yeah, the hero we need or deserve something. Oh. Who we are underneath. It's who we are underneath, not what we do that defines. No, wait. No, that is Batman Begins, but I'm talking about the... It's not what the man I am underneath, but what I do. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. That's what it is. No, I was thinking of... I don't know. I don't even know. There are... You know what's weird? There are movies that don't have Batman in them. I can't prove (laughs) this. Why do we have only talked about Batman all episode? See, I... It's it's, it's funny because for me, currently, if you were to tell me that there are video games without Batman in them, I'd be like, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. I mean, I've played played all the way through three video games and all of them have had Batman. So... So as far as you know, no, don't worry, don't worry, y'all. I finally got Spider Man, so you know there will be oh, some, okay, 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 <laughs> some minimal, a variety. different, a different, super a hero. different cool, cool, swinger, cool. if you will. <laughs> wow, a different uh, swinger, Jesus. Uh, we will be back next Let week with the finale of the Gas Leak Year. Uh, fuck content, make art, and also pop, pop. pop. Oh. Uh, uh, I'm I'm so upset. <laughs> you started to go in a very uh, I don't know what I was doing. You started to go in a very intriguing southern twang direction. Singer. I don't know and then why just... I make choices I make, but they're never good choices. <laughs> That's the thesis of every movie about a famous singer. Don't know why I make the choices I make. Also the a star is born. It's also, <laughs> the theme to, again. it's also the theme to every Batman movie. Why yeah. do we found Bruce? <laughs> Batman says, I don't know, I'm just a singer. Hey guys, I'm the balloon guide. Before we take off, I'm gonna check the balloon ties. Look at the burner. Check out the basket. If you have a question, feel free to ask it. Could we go to space? Could we fly to heaven? I'd rather fly to Vegas. It's getting time to ride the balloon. It is uh, my very special pleasure to welcome uh, to Advanced Community Studies, uh, Paul Kist and Ariel Pierce. Uh, Both of you, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having us. Of course. Uh, Yes, Uh, Ariel, I believe you, when I decided to start doing this show like 10 months ago, you were like, hey, I have (laughs) this very interesting community-based story. Uh, And then 10 months later, I took you up on that offer. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um, and so the story that... i guess changed um yeah it's true so we met on the av club community board uh the one that emily vanderworth used to write back in like back during like seasons one two three and four um well season three had that hiatus so av club was like yeah, during regional holiday music yeah so um at, I guess everybody was just super into community and replying and they were like inspired by like all the stuff people had done for like Firefly and stuff. And this was before Firefly had gotten 
like people started to really act like, oh, we could bring back Arrested Development or something. But we were, they were like, we're gonna get it to like uh, 10,000 comments. And then it was a hundred thousand. And then it was what, a million? I, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Very lofty goals. Yeah. yeah and just, and so like at, at the beginning it was like community talk, like. Yeah, but then you run out of stuff to say about community. Yeah. And just people in a message board. Yeah, you're just two 19 year olds talking to a bunch of 30 year olds <laughs> and maybe some 14 year olds. <laughs> And uh, so we started doing like, we were all losers. So there's my cat, or Paul's cat. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, like basically it started to be like, we're all losers. We're staying home on Fridays and Saturdays watching like it, the day after. So we'd watch Community when it came back because we decided to extend the board out and we watched it and we'd talk about it on Thursday. And then Friday it was like game night basically. And so it's like people playing like Fuck Mary Kill and <laughs> True for Dare. I remember um, and like I think we were both like perpetually horny in a way that couldn't even be properly described. I think all the teenagers on the board were. Yeah. I think most of the adults too. But um, <laughs> I remember there was like True for Dare and I like picked Truth and somebody had asked what's one of your favorite movies <laughs> or like what's your favorite movie and I said The Secretary and he like made my first out by like some like oh really kind of comment I think they call it horny on me now yeah you would have been bunked um but eventually people were like oh these are like like we're gonna move to the other boards we're not gonna stay on regional holiday music because uh AP Club had a message system called Discus or discuss they changed it a few times but this yeah. was one they had for uh, at least a couple of years yeah it was like the main one and it always sucked but it had pagination so like you could like go to page like 10 or whatever and they switched it to like it was scrolling so you had to just scroll through you know twenty thousand comments <laughs> and the only options were like or like a hundred thousand comments and the only options to scroll through these comments were through oldest first newest first or like best and there hadn't been a best comment since like mid-December and it was like maybe at this point and the newest first there'd still be a lot of bullshit so you'd be like where are my friends where are like these 12 people who are still talking to each other like we weren't even the only couple no there no. were a handful yeah there was a uh, one girl she was from Australia and the guy his name uh Wet Biscuit McGee or something. He was from Germany. They started to go out and they were really like, but they were like online dating. And then it was us. And we were like in that middle age, like of late teens. <laughs> late teens. We were 19. <laughs> we had like, they were like moving the comments around. And it was like, oh, we're gonna start going by the boards, but because of that, like we're gonna go for each episode. Uh, we're gonna start talking like tiny chat. And so Paul and I ended up both alone on a tiny chat and then we started dating. So just assume that everything you could imagine going on in a two person tiny chat. And then we like, I started college and you were working. I'm gonna stop talking to you. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was working. I, I grew up in Southern California mm -hmm. and I, I was actually living in Vegas when community premiered. And I had dropped out of high school and I really vibed with 
the the like premise and the thematic sort of presentation of the show and uh then i got into the av club a couple of years later and the av club had been like building a, a pretty steady user base like the last uh episode of lost got a few thousand comments and then like uh you know popular shows were getting really big yeah i gravitated towards the av club because it was you know intellectual esque <laughs> it was like letterbox before letterbox yeah, got super basically. popular um and I had gotten on AV Club because I had gotten like aggressively obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer during my leap year. Uh, of course, everything going on, fuck Joss Whedon. <laughs> yeah, it goes without um, saying, fuck Joss Whedon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was basically trying to consume all Buffy content possible. And somebody was doing like a review retrospective on AV Club. I think it might have also been Emily. Um, so yeah. I think so. Um, but I was like basically just lurking the entire time. And that's mainly what I did on the community board, but I was like needed a new show and I started rewatching community cause I was watching it cause I was really into the soup. Yeah. That's uh, how I got into it too. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so just being a Chevy Chase fan, I guess. Gritish. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe less so now. Yeah. Um, but so that was kind of the thing is like we were just both kind of floating um and then we like get together like a, like in august of the year though after we met so uh, it was like 2011 when the board started in 2012 we were dating in august and then he moved over here february of 2013 mm -hmm. by then we were like married by december 2013 uh, proper wow. Missouri timeline yeah very Missouri very quick <laughs> yeah it's pretty fast basically we were just trying to like be able to get back into school and not have to worry about my parents doing taxes uh, <laughs> if you know anything about um you know, uh parents from the counties <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. we're still technically married legally we are we're legally married um <laughs> but we are getting a divorce this is not slowly, a, but surely. slowly when once the pandemic's done the divorce is final or we'll push it off because uh then we have to like raise money to get different places hmm. yeah but it's because i'm gay so <laughs> uh, that's okay i uh appreciate y'all coming on to tell me uh this story all the same because it is very interesting even though now you know the coda <laughs> is a little bit different to the to the story but that well, is life you know yeah yeah i don't know the episode that you guys were saying this might be connected with is the one where um britta and troy break up in season four and it's like <laughs> are we spoiling it <laughs> no 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 i th i assume anyone listening after. to this has probably seen the show uh, we, I was just okay but discussion part first <laughs> okay well um like we were like oh that kind of that's kind of like our situation friends to like a relationship until we like break up and then we're still friends like we're like yeah. oh that's fun um yeah. purely coincidental but fun <laughs> <laughs> um I, I promise it was not pointed it was just because the episode <laughs> names were short and i could fit like with <laughs> your names in there but i yeah. i the next episode we're recording is 
uh, conventions of space and time and alternative history of the German invasion. There's no room for extra information uh, in the episode title. Uh, so that is why yeah. it was not some some grand oh, yeah, scheme no, of mine. The other thing I was pointing at me thought it was just kind of like what a fun coinky thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just like Chang in the last episode, you uh, are legit <laughs> gay, and I'm I'm very happy for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Um, well, that uh, has been a, a wonderful story. Uh, we can keep talking about other various communication or communication, uh, community related things, uh, if y'all would like. Uh, if you want to talk a little bit about your community journey, that's usually the first question I'll ask. Like, how did you come to the show? Uh, it seems like y'all were with the show for for quite some time. You were there for oh, the yeah. big yeah. season three shake up you got married between seasons four and five you know so there's there's a lot going on here yeah um we i started watching from the pilot i was trying to do this thing where i was watching it because it was on at the same time as the big bang theory and everyone's like watch this show it's so funny and i didn't think it was particularly funny but i was also gonna just do whatever so i would alternate between them and i would save the other one on my dvr Art, and I would never watch the Big Bang Theory ones and I'd always watch the community ones over and over again. <laughs> and, but I was like, they come out about the same time I think that Big Bang Theory is what, a season longer or bef- season before. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just was really into the soup because mm-hmm. I was into Best Week Ever and I was into all the I Loves from VH1. Classic pop culture. Yeah. Uh, just no personality only references only references (laughs) (laughs) same here yeah you're like oh yeah uh joel McHale was plugging community a lot on the soup at the time and i was watching a fair amount of e just because i had loads of time on my hands (laughs) like i i actually didn't watch season five or six when they aired and i only watched half of season four yeah, you kind of dropped off. Yeah, I took a break. I re- I rewatched them recently, or watched them recently, but I had taken this, like, break because I was just, like, I think I had had, like, so much, I had vested, invested so much energy into community, especially the third season, and it was, like, what was going on with, like, Dan Harmon and stuff, and then what came out about Megan Gans and Dan Harmon, I was just, like, oh, I don't know if I really want to engage in this the same way I used to. Um, and so... I took a break because I was like, if my favorite parts of the show are like Megan Gann's episodes and she had such a hard time working on the show, uh, I don't know if I want, I can enjoy the show the same way. It's not like, you know, I had like, plus I had a lot of other shows I was really involved in. I was really into Hannibal and basically any Brian Singer or not Brian Singer, Brian Fuller. Oh. God damn it. <laughs> exact opposite kinds of gay men. Like you could not get yeah. more diametrically opposed. Well, I was really into like the original X-Men movies, but like, yeah. Of course. Everyone so was I, it. but man. It's fucking bummer. <laughs> um, this, hey, this episode's about uh, dudes who made shit you like being fucking bummers. Horrible men. The X-Men yeah. movies are like, it's Brian Singer, but you also have Brett Ratner in there. Uh, all you, bad like, guys. Is like the only okay one James Mangold? Like, is he the only one that's okay? And even then, I'm like, what and, do we not know? And Joss Whedon, too, right? <laughs> yeah, because he did punch up on the first X-Men movie. Ay, yeah, ay. he wrote that toad line. 
fuck? Hey guys, oh. welcome to Bummer Community Remembrance mm-hmm. Time. And Kevin Spacey out of Cameo. <laughs> oh god. Oh, fuck. Geez. Oh, what are we doing? What are we doing? We've ruined the mood. <laughs> this is all our fault. No, we're gonna it's... be like, hey, we fell in love, but now we're in divorce. Yeah, the world's ending. <laughs> the world's ending. <laughs> uh, I haven't been outside in a year. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're just articulating what we're all feeling. I think you're you're just yeah. giving voice to uh, things, and we're not you know shy about like dan Harmon or any of these mm-hmm. dudes we'll throw them right in the in the trash can in the regular oh, yeah. i know like for our, for our oh, honeymoon man. we saw um an episode of harman town harman town uh, at nerd melt when it still yeah. existed wow um because he's from outside of la yeah we were visiting my family out in the high desert the first time I met your family. Yeah, and we were like, well, this is enough of that. We have to go drive three hours to LA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we did that. And like, that was like fun, like sick Kimiel Nanjiani hot take. Oh, yeah. I just said he was very hot even back then. Yeah, I don't very People like to man. pretend he got hot. I think he was kind of hot the whole time. It yeah. just took, it took people a minute to catch on. Yeah, I just had to see some veins in the forearms to be convinced. He's kind of terrifying now. He looks like he's made out of like energy bars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that energy bar that. eats like a gooey butter cake every other fortnight or something. It does look like somebody put a, a kumail skin on a Chris Pratt. <laughs> Please, oh. They're adding bad men to the pile. <laughs> We're going to have such a pyre by the end of this. I say light it up. It's okay. <laughs> it's time to, you know, we... <laughs> We can still watch these shows, but it is important to acknowledge that, like, wow, there's a long lineage of, <laughs> of trash men. It's this weird, you know, I'm starting to think that, like, Dan Harmon, someone who uh, cultivated a weekly audience of sycophants to listen to him talk every week, like, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's never a good thing. Maybe we should take that as a warning sign from now on, you know? I think, I think, right like the 2010s were really about was teaching us that having auteurs is bad like yeah (laughs) having these like uh just like people who can just do whatever they fuck they want for whatever fucking reason because they're artists is actually not cool and art has limits and those limits are uh, the people you collaborate with (laughs) <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll move away from cult of personality types eventually. Oh, never. <laughs> never. Yeah, because we um, this era that we're talking about was also, I think, this big nascency of geek culture and people becoming popular for liking geek culture. Not even like the Whedons and the oh, Harmons yeah. that make it, but like the Chris Hardwicks, you know? Like these people that became yeah. known for being public geeks and like how many of them have remained um untarnished <laughs> as oh, a part of yeah. like yeah. almost none zero percent um maybe yeah, that's a was, warning sign it was like this weird time because i went from being like i was always a weird kid we went to the same fine arts academy <laughs> uh full of weird kids but like the time we had both like we had graduated high school it was just like very cool to be like a geek and to like geek shit. And so I went to Chicago Comic-Con specifically for Buffy. I had watched so much Buffy. I have a lot, I tend to like obsess over one thing. It's why geek culture is so appealing. You find something you like for a really long time and 
you know, before it was community, it was fringe. And, you know, you're just like, oh my God, it's so amazing. And then you're like, actually, now that I have stepped away from it, I was just 18. (laughs) (laughs) I was just looking for cool older guys to talk to me about stuff I didn't know shit about. (laughs) And then I would like absorb that information so that now I can impress uh, like cooler women being like, here's information that sucked when you heard it from a guy named Jared. But now if it's from me, a person named Ariel, you're gonna be into it. And uh, I hope that works out for me. That's all I hope is that by the end of this, I've got like just a million Felicia days. Mm-hmm. I don't know, probably not Felicia day, but you know, just like somebody who's like, I love geek shit. And I'll be like, I only like this show for six months and then I'm gonna stop caring about it, but we'll try. <laughs> But I, I liked Community for like years and years. Yeah. I watched it through the end, even though Yahoo's uh, streaming service desperately wanted me not to. Oh, yeah. Yahoo Screen. People blame Community for the fall of Yahoo Screen. Yahoo Screen was already dead. Like Yahoo Screen yeah. was never alive. To It needed it, to be saved. It couldn't be killed. <laughs> like there was no... Yeah, it was a bad idea. Um, I remember... Like, I think my last real big community thing is during the, like, pillow fort blanket uh, for, like, mo- like episodes, there was, mm-hmm. on Reddit, there was this huge push to, like, make propaganda for both. And I made pillow fort propaganda. I'm Lily's arms holding her baby. And it said, you wouldn't, uh, <laughs> I think it was, no, it was blanket fort. It had to have been. You wouldn't swaddle your baby in a pillow. <laughs> you made a ton of fan art oh yeah we made there was that video game and i made sprites for that yeah and then hawkthorn hawkthorn yeah. yeah and then what was the one um you made and we we wrote that porn parody oh we wrote that porn parody <laughs> congratulations that's yeah. i mean you no one can say y'all didn't put in put in the fandom work you know and it, you we got time. all the dvds and then gave them to a friend so that they could start watching community <laughs> We spread it. So. You did the work. You did the job. What you, de- what you described earlier, this process of getting so, so into this particular show and then just the sheer amount of ups and downs and horseshit that came yeah. with liking community just became so much that you needed a break. This is far from the first time yeah. that I've that I've heard this story. Yeah. Um, the end of season three in particular is like a huge fever pitch for the show. Like it's got this like sort of finale and then Harmon gets fired right after. Yeah, and it's these dudes and they write the, the Geico commercials or the caveman shit. Yeah. And Aliens it feels so fucking weird. It's like, it's steadier than it's ever been. The writing is like the most it's ever been like some bullshit from the nineties. There's just this like yeah. total disconnect. And I remember I'm super aware of like lighting and color and tv shows it was getting really weird towards the middle yeah end of the third it was season, like definitely. so like fuzzy <laughs> it was like fuzzy and bright and i was like this isn't what i associate with the show it's very clean or like we, we were watching the season four episodes and like ludwig gordonson's still the composer but like when you listen to it it sounds like an at&t 
T-Mobile kind of like ad. It's all like bits that he's written and like smushed together, but it doesn't feel like a composed piece. Mm -hmm. It feels like a bunch of samples on a keyboard and like the composing and like the direction was always a strong point on community was like, it looked really good. It sounded really good. And yeah. it was played as real as it could be as silly as it was. That's and, why so many of the directors are like now making trillion dollar movies. Yeah, <laughs> and people were like, oh, these are good directors. We should give them money to do stuff. And I think that was like the great skill of Dan Harmon was that he was a person who seems like he sucks at relationships professionally. He can't have like, he doesn't connect well with women, but he connects well with every type of guy who thinks that he can be like, who's like really special at something, you know? These like mm -hmm. guys were like, I'm an artist. I'm, you know, I, I'm interesting. And my love of like the same basic pop culture, like milestones, like Die Hard or, you know, Robocop, that is special about me and not something that is pretty much global. <laughs> like everyone likes these because they're good. You're not special for liking this. Thank you for making the Fast and Furious movies. Like it's not, <laughs> you're just like, you're just, but those guys, like, that's why he, like, he had friendships with, you know, all these, like, dudes we love. We love, like, Jack Black, and we love, we love all the Channel Sarah 101 Silverman. guys, and Sarah Silverman. It's, like, but as you get, like, older, these, like, famous 90s Gen Z comedians, basically, like, they aren't as, like, shitty as, like, some of the ones who become, like, right-wing Gen Xers, but, like, they're still... You know, they're like they're they're still trying so desperately to cling on to this idea that they're above it all and like they're like cool and they're like cooler than you could ever imagine. It's like, well, it was really easy to be cool in the 90s. It's really hard to be cool now. Like there are people around you all the time and there's a lot more pressure and they're like realizing how hard it is to be cool in 2020. Now that there's like cool young people like 14 year olds who can sing better than you've ever sang and are funnier than you've ever been and you're just like what the hell or like like me we're like 28 and it's just like you know so many people we know have like done like these huge things like I have a friend who's like a fashion designer and you know we have friends who like do acting out in LA and like I know you're an actor <laughs> but like I make I do like I make beadwork like <laughs> like so and you just like there's this like pressure to try and be like the next interesting thing and I feel like community was playing a lot with archetypes and tropes and I do astrology and like beadwork stuff and that's also like astrology is all about archetypes and so I just like notice like how much things have been like made into a character like you want to be like a Brita or you want to be an Annie you know, don't be too much of a Shirley because then you're no fun. And uh, like, that was kind of my introduction to the community board is I was making these very like intense convoluted family tree charts, trying to explain how each character was like a member of a family, like Shirley's the mom, but like Jeff is the dad. And like Britta's the older sister who runs off where Annie is like the golden child, you know? this very like crazy thing and like everyone's like I appreciate your enthusiasm but like maybe this is a bit much 
any uh, concluding uh, thoughts or or hot takes from either of you, and then we can segue into uh, plugs. But anything, if you never get to talk about community publicly again, is there anything you would like to lay down on the board? I think a reunion movie is not going to be as effective of an ending as season six is. I, I think I agree. You know, <laughs> if they make that movie, will I watch it? Of course. I just, I've seen this go bad too many times. I've seen Arrested yeah. Development season four. Yeah. Um, I Even thought the... season three was pretty good, you know? like yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> Even the Veronica Mars movie, which was like good. It's like, sure, but it doesn't. You like know, we're in a different it feels place. Like tacked on, in a yeah, in a way. Yeah. Like, like what made, like what made every show good is where you were when you first watched that show. Like you're in a different place when you watch the like tacked on season or the new movie. You're like, oh, who I was when I was you know 15 is different than who I am now. Uh, I guess like my hot take is um, Britta really was the worst character. Like. <laughs> um, she was based off of so many stereotypes about what that type of person was. And once they started like flanderizing her, it was just like, oh, we're just never gonna have anything kind of heavier in this show. Like she started out so cool. Um, I guess also like Shirley was not that bad. Um, <laughs> she was a good character and she deserved better. Completely screwed over. I like, <laughs> oh my God, just rewatching episodes and how many times they like put, Andre back with her and took her away and like everything was like all of her ambitions were wrong and like she was cruel like it was wrong for her to have them and to want more and it's just this is unfair and like she got such a Skylar treatment by the fans and I was that was a bummer because Skylar's not a bad character either people just don't like women who are older and also not who have like their own problems <laughs> <laughs> like she was very and like it did make sense for her to be in that group because i feel like she would have been made way more focused than them on the ship <laughs> also megan gans is absolutely the superhero of the entire show oh yeah every good episode is megan <laughs> every really good episode uh, just an unbelievable list of credits uh her like writing credits throughout the show and then now she runs the rob mcelhaney averse you know now now she yeah. is doing phenomenally well so good, good yeah. for megan gans i think she's doing okay all right uh fantastic so any plugs uh that y'all want to put on the board uh before we say goodbye um check out my instagram it's mostly got my beadwork it's at earl of ariel no underscores just one word um i'm gonna have a website up pretty soon but there's no real it'll, solid it'll date get on it'll get linked on insta when it's up perfect uh so thank you uh both for joining me this has been a very interesting conversation This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales.